Wait, wait, Kyle, you gave it a three and a half. <laughs> what a movie! <laughs> what a what a betrayal! I, I can't. I got. I gotta get out this podcast. Oh. Oh, All right, Kyle. Let's let's hear from you. I was in a different time of my life, Kitty. <laughs> Welcome to Board Game Box Office, Table Knots podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. I'm Max, and with me today is Kyle, who is so into, I think you should leave, that he's trying to sneak skits into our intro. I didn't do anything. I didn't do I'm done. (laughs) And we also have Kenny, who's real tired of our Today we'll chat about the games we've been playing and the movies we've been watching before discussing our featured topic, our shelf of shame. The games and movies that we want to get to, but for whatever reason, continue to elude us. Before that, Kyle, what have you been playing lately? Okay, so this week, uh, I had a two-player session, just me and my friend Kev, and we got into... I really thought you were going to start with another skit. Oh, I thought you were going to move into a sketch right away. (laughs) If we didn't talk about it so much (laughs) pre-show, maybe... it's um, got a bush. <laughs> what the what hell? The hell? <laughs> You're gonna get me crying. Um, uh, I got a two back players, on track. Back yeah, on track. I got a two player session in um, with my buddy Kev, and uh, we played uh, War of the Ring. Um, I have played War of the Ring a few times before, uh, and Kevin uh, has never played War of the Ring, so we really treated this as like a learning experience because the game is massive, and it was one of those things where I was like, I just sent him. Um, a video on the rules teach so he got a basics of it and then we just kind of played as we went um i played as uh the free people and he played as the shadow player and the game uh is described as the complete lord of the rings trilogy uh in a box and that is that is true um you are but facing two fronts here, uh, the shadow player is really trying to win militarily by taking over different free people's settlements. And the free peoples are really just trying to hold off the shadow player militarily while Frodo and Sam and the fellowship get the ring to Mount Doom to destroy the ring. Um, the game is very, very fun. Uh, I struggle between like which one I like between this and Star Wars Rebellion because I think they are I very was just about to ask that, Kyle. Yeah, uh, they're very different games, but like they have a lot of similarities in that like they are telling the story of a trilogy and they feel exactly like the movie and or book that they are uh, referencing. Um, I think they're both fantastic. I think uh, Rebellion is a little bit easier to learn and like pick up on the rules um where the ring has a little bit too much like minutia that you have to get into like i've played the game before and i've read the rule book several times and i've watched um rtfm's video like four or five times and i was still like in the middle of like our play like looking up rules and like i don't remember how that goes and so that's a little bit frustrating um we didn't finish the game i i told him i was like let's get to like midnight once we're there we'll just stop and then I think we're going to play it more in the coming weeks because like he's one of, he like lives really close to me. So he's just going to be able to come over and I think we're going to get more into this. So like we don't have to constantly be referencing the rules so we can actually like start playing the game. Right. But I've like really been into Lord of the Rings lately. Uh, I've started reading the books and it's actually something I would love to do an episode on just Lord of the Rings sometime soon and talk about all the different games, the books and the movies. Mm-hmm. True for sure. Great game. Kenny, have you played it? Uh, I've, never, I've not played it. How many times have you played it? 
Uh, I've well, technically four and a half. Okay. Do you find that like the repeated plays helps you with the with the strategy and tactics of the game? I would say like if I played them closer together. So like when mm. I first played it, I did play it like two or three times, pretty close together, and like I was starting to think. Um, like, oh, I need to do this different. And, but it had been like, I don't know, six or six or eight months since I played it last. And I had completely forgotten everything. Um, and also the first three times I had played it, I played as the shadow player and the shadow player is a little bit easier to grasp because you're just like saying like, I, you just need to fight. Whereas like the, the free peoples need to play a little bit more subtly. So there, I played them for the first time against Kevin on this week and I found them a little bit more difficult, but like it's one of those games where like you do start to think like after we played like the next day, I was just like thinking like, oh, I could have done this. And like it would have been so much smarter if I would have done this. And the thing about it, though, is like it is a it is a dice game like you your action selection is based on the dice you roll. Um, And there was one round where I was like completely screwed, like where I roll all the actions I got were like army related actions. And like, I couldn't do anything. And I was just like, oh man, so it can really F with your strategy, which is like good. Actually, I'm not seeing this as a bad thing. Like, I think the game would be very stale if it didn't have that randomness to it. Yeah. I mean, in the rebellion too, there's quite a bit of dice rolls too, especially when it comes to combat. So, uh, I think that checks out. It's it's one I've always been interested in. It's just, it's just one of those things like I need someone to teach me. So (laughs) yeah, you definitely, I would if it wasn't like, I know you're going to be in Columbus for Origins this weekend. If it wasn't like a five hour game, I would love yeah, to right. be like, okay, Kitty, let's play and, this. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Like, this is like, a, like you know, pretty much like a game day, right? And that, that's yeah, hard to it just is. commit to, right? It is something you have to plan for. You can't just set it up on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I know you mentioned that like it and Rebellion are quite different, but also quite similar in at least theme and how they play. But I think it's also just a matter of like, what are the uh, like in the cultural zeitgeist most people enjoy both lord of the rings and star wars yep not everyone most people there are going to be some that love one and not the other and obviously that probably makes their decision for them but when it comes to those people that love both you have both of these games that are both long two-player games that even though mechanically they aren't that similar they share that same like spot like if you're going to play War of the Ring, you could also play Rebellion. It's very unlikely you'll play both, right? Like, that's just kind of... I feel like you're always picking between one or the other. Right. Especially yeah. when it's one that you have to spend so much time learning that it almost makes more sense to play just one. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where, like, for you personally, I'm going to put you on the spot and make you choose. If you had to pick just one to play for the rest of eternity, the other one gets trash cannoned and you can't play it ever again, which would you choose? I hate this, um, but (laughs) I am a man who doesn't... I'm not a waffler. I will pick and choose, and the other game can go Mm -hmm. right to hell. Um, (laughs) I would pick Rebellion. Um, I think Rebellion is simpler to learn like it is a it is a i don't want to i don't i hesitate to say simple but it is a simpler game to learn than war of the ring you can get into the strategy a little bit more it's a little bit more fast paced too war of the ring is very plotting especially at start at the start because you can only recruit one miniature to a region at a time you can only move one like army one location at a time and the map is huge so like a good portion of the game, a good, the good, like first act is like literally all like positioning yourself. Right. So it is, it is just much slower. It's two rules intensive. Like, so if I had to pick just one, I think I would pick rebellion 
for that fact alone. Uh, I really struggle sure. what I like more between Star Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I think I prefer Star Wars as a theme too, but it is much closer than it was a year ago. Uh, I'm really into Lord of the Rings recently. Sure. That's great, though. That's great. What other Lord of the Rings games do you have real quick? I'm just curious. Uh, I just have Journey. I know you have Journeys in Middle Earth. Yeah, okay. and I, I really, really, really like that game. Have you played Confrontation yet? No. Like, even played it? No, I've okay. never played it. Kenny, I should have given you Confrontation yesterday, and you could have taken it to Origins and played it with, oh, played yeah. it with Kyle. That would yeah, have been yeah. a good one. I'm also interested in Lord of the Rings, the card game, but I can't do another mm. LCG. With more I would Can not, I interrupt you again, Kenny? Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I would say the the Lord of the Rings LCG is rough. It because yeah, it's just so oh, really like, yeah, it's really really tough. Because uh, it's like it's a game. So the LCG is like Arkham Horror. I think is just kind of like the well rounded narrative experience. Uh, Marvel Champions is the one that's just easy to play. Lord of the Rings is like the one you want to play if you're really into deck building, because like mm. you basically kind of have to tailor a deck for each scenario. And if you're not into that, it's it's yep, really tough. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I, I am good too. shout, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> it, I tried me. it when I first got into board games a long time ago. Uh, it just didn't really hit. But um, but I, I knew I knew back then. Oh, I love LCGs, but this wasn't for me. But yeah, sure. So I have a question for you, boys. If you were a a race from Middle Earth, which one would you be? I, I know it. I would choose for both of you, but I want. I'm curious what you guys would choose. I don't, I don't know if I know enough to answer this question. You know, generic <laughs> um, fantasy. That's where generic can fantasy I be came an from. Int? Oh, that's mm. sweet. I, I would say you're a hobbit, one hundred percent. Wow, is that just because I'm hairy? <laughs> you got, you got hairy feet. I do have hairy feet. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, I'm going with uh, an elf. I so I was going to say an elf because you're very tall. So there oh. you go. <laughs> you gave Kyle elf. And me, Hobbit. I mean, you know what? All right, never mind. Never mind. Frodo, Frodo is like the savior of the planet. So. Yeah, yeah Hobbit's bound to no take one. it. I'd probably be Hobbit yeah. too, so it's okay. Don't yeah, Hobbits. I, I, I guess Hobbits and Lord of the Rings are pretty dope. I guess you're right. Yeah, you but can see dwarf Ents, though. Ents are awesome. Ents are sick though. But I'm also like, you could be in it because you're tall as crab. I, I don't think I'm strong <laughs> enough. Yeah, you're also actually not like that tall. Like, how tall are you, Kyle? Six, Six three. Oh, yes. see, you're shorter than I thought. <laughs> Barely anything. I mean, One of my friends from college is six foot seven. He he could nuts. be an it. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is nuts. Kyle, Kyle would be a wise wizard. Ah, uh, mm. uh, yeah, not smart enough. Yeah, uh, neither. <laughs> I am. I am rarely late, though. I arrive Ooh. exactly when I'm meant to. Are there mm. races that don't talk or are extremely soft spoken? No. Oh, <laughs> Kenny, you don't fit in this world. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Kenny is a, a ring wraith because they definitely don't talk. <laughs> don't even oh, know that what sucks. that is. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> anyway, I'm you guys want to know what I was playing? Hey, thank you for voicing your displeasure. Uh, yes, welcome. Kenny, what have you been playing? I've been pl- I, so recently, as in last night, I played The Mirroring of Mary King. Um, this is by Jim Felly. Is that right, Max? Yeah, you got it. Jim yeah. Felly, Devious Weasel Games, same people that make, uh, I mean, he makes other stuff, but most notably, at least for Table Knots, Cosmic Frog. Yeah, so this is a two-player kind of tug-of-war game where you're basically, oh man, you're going to tell me through this, Max, because it is a weird game. Um, and so it is. One I of mean, those... I can do a, a quick elevator pitch if you want. Uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that. But I'll say that the first thing that struck me with, playing, when, uh, with Mary King was 
When Max was describing the rules, I had flashbacks to Cosmic <laughs> Frog because yep. I think Jim Philly games have all these like are so like uh um they have the the you know lingo of the game and just certain like yeah. words that just pop up constantly and it's just it's very very interesting to play uh to hear get the rules teach I like when uh Max was teaching Cosmic Frog I thought this you sound so crazy right now yeah uh, it's, it's like a lesser degree with marrying a Mary King but it's still there. Yeah, but, yeah. He he loves to enforce his theme in the uh-huh. rules and the terms that he uses throughout the course of the game. So to Jim Felly, you will never have a, a well. You will, I guess, in some games. But in the mirror of mirroring of Mary King, you don't have a deck or a discard pile. You have your mind and your memories. Yeah, and I'm like, sorry, that's annoying. <laughs> like it doesn't bother me. Android I kind of like it. Android Netrunner does that too. Yes, and- it's very similar to that. Yes. Yeah, he leans heavily into the themes and doesn't let up even in teaching the rules and learning to terminology. But uh, The Mirroring of Mary King, it's a two-player tug-of-war game where you're vying over control of Mary King. One person plays as the ghost, one person plays as the mortal Mary King. And you're basically playing control cards and power cards from your hand uh, with the ultimate goal of flipping over... Uh, areas of Mary King so that you gain more control over the other person and you make them discard their deck quicker. Uh, whoever wins at the end of the game is who has the most cards in their deck combined with their area control score. So it's just the, a point. You get a point for every card that's left in your deck and you get points for how much of the area you control. Um, but it's uh, it's real interesting. It sounds much more complex than it is. Yeah. Actually playing the game is really simple, but it's just convoluted and weird. Yeah, and I, that it does seem like there's just a lot of cards on the table, and I thought, oh, what, what's going on here? But it's it's pretty it is pretty breezy. Like I think like Jash and I played while you kind of like walked us through it. And I think we played mm-hmm. a very like base level game. I feel mm-hmm. like if there's enough there that if you wanted to like dive into the the meat of the game and kind of like really go into that tug of war aspect of vying for every inch, right? It would be there's a lot more to it to explore. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's, it was a really cool design. Um, I, I really like the spatial aspect of like, um, having to flip over, uh, the tiles for area control, um, while also mm-hmm. kind of managing your discard deck or your memory deck, yeah. um, to make sure that like, yeah. you know, uh, you're, you're, you still have a leg up on your opponent. Um, yeah, so it's really cool, cool, cool design. Totally. I think after you all played it another time, you'd probably get more comfortable with the powers and you would see even wackier things happen because, uh, you all didn't utilize them like too much. You did. You did use a couple powers, but mm-hmm. um, they're such a big part of the game because you can basically play unlimited amount of powers, like as much as you want. Um, that they, they can really alter the board state in wild and unique ways. And there's a lot of strategy in like putting cards on top of your your mind or on the bottom of your mind because certain things will have you draw certain cards and blah blah blah. Uh, right. So I do think it's a game that you can kind of take at your own pace and play it quite simply and use a lot of control cards and not many powers. And then when you're ready, you can start using as many powers as you want. But uh, yeah, I'll always be a champion for the weird and the wild, as you can tell with my movie tastes as well. I love games <laughs> and movies that do things. It's not even hipster. No, it it's is. just that do things differently. And Jim Felly and Devious Weasel have done things differently with Cosmic Frog, and that's no different with the mirroring of Mary King. And I'm just a big fan of of what he's trying to do. And And, and the games are good, too. Like, this isn't a... I like his ideas, but the games fall flat, like... I still adore the Mirroring Mary King and Cosmic Frog. They're wild and controversial, but to me, I love them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have a lot less experience with uh, his games, but I, I loved Cosmic Frog the time we played it, and I, I quite like mm-hmm. this too, so I think I'm kind of the same camp as you. Like, uh, yeah. they're, they're 
very different games, but um, such unique experiences because of it. Absolutely. Now, I have been playing a game we can all talk about. Again, we played this last night. Is Too Many Bones. So we've all played this game before, um, but at least for me, it's been quite a while since I last played it. Probably four or five, six months at this point. And it was just a great play. Just It, it reminded me how, how fun Too Many Bones can be. Uh, we played uh, with Undertow. We played with Gilly, who was Kenny. We played with Duster, who was Jash, and I was Nugget. And we um, had a super easy time, but we played on like the easier difficulty where we gave ourselves two hit points and a training point at the start of the game. Ultimately, towards the end, we were kind of st- like we, we, we were running away with it. But um, for a first experience for Jash, just to kind of get him to understand how the game works, I think it went great. Uh, we only played like a minor rule or two wrong here and there, but I had a really good time. It rekindled my kind of love for Too Many Bones. Uh, maybe want to get it out again sooner rather than later. And it also just reminded me like Too Many Bones, kind of like I was talking about with Mirroring a Mary King, it's kind of a game that you can take at your own pace. Like it's a game that plays well if you're getting 100% of the rules right. Or if you're getting 75% of the rules right. It's still fun. Like, like yeah. I know we didn't get everything right, but I had a great time. And I'm not that bothered by the very minor things that we probably didn't get right. And that's how I am with most board games. Yeah, when, a, when a rules issue arises, I'm like, let's play it this way now. I'll look at the rules later, but yep. I'm not going to interrupt game time to look at the rules. And after we played... I went and I looked at BGG and I was like, oh, we did this wrong. We actually made it harder on ourselves. Um, but like it didn't didn't detract from the enjoyment of the experience at all. So hopefully next time we'll do it right. But I don't really care that I didn't play it 100% perfectly. Too Many Bones is just fun regardless. And Too Many Bones is such a rules complex game too that like I don't think you're ever going to play that game completely right. There's just too much to it too many like weird interactions you got to think of and yeah so i it's, it's i think it helps that it's a co-op game so right you, who cares right but um i kind of feel the same way but it's one of those things that's like uh it's similar to like how i play marvel champions right and i'm sure you do too kenny where it's like mm-hmm. there's so many keywords um there's so many things new that like you literally can't know like you said and i like with marvel champions a game i've played a hundred times like i'm like, like on game like 50 and i'm like Oh, I had no idea that was a rule. Like it's one of those yeah. things like, that just pops up as you're like searching BGG and you're like, ah, I've been playing that wrong for 45 games. Got, yeah. got it. The game still rules. Um, yeah. Too many bones is one of the game that's like, I wish I could just like have like the rules like implanted in my brain. Yeah. So I could just 100%. like, get, so I could just get it out because it is one. I like you, Max, like it's a game I adore. Um, it's so fun playing with the chips and like, the interactions and all that stuff. But like, I keep thinking like, do I really want to get that out and have to read through the rule book and like mm-hmm. double check all of this stuff while I'm playing? No, like I want to get it out and I want to play the freaking game. And until I have the rules, like at least somewhat known, I, I just struggle to do that. And uh, too many bones is a game. I I tend to play solo. I've played it two player before, but I tend to play it solo. Um, and I really don't learn games very well unless, like, I'm about to play it on a game night with friends. Like, if I know yeah. I'm going to play a game like War of the Ring, like, I will spend the entire day before, like, learning War of the Ring. Right. I don't do that with Too Many Bones. I'm like, I'll just watch a movie instead. You know, one thing to your point that I do think Too Many Bones does well 
it is a complex game. I would love the rules to be implanted into my brain, but also having not played it for six months, and I know Kenny, you were a little bit more fresh than I was on it, but like hmm. we got by pretty easily. Like we didn't dig in the rule book a lot. Like I know we're ne- we're never or almost never going to play it a hundred percent perfectly, but to get to that like 70% threshold was very easy. Like I think a lot of the core rules of too many bones are very intuitive and the the play, the order of play, the sequencing is very simple that like it still felt pretty good despite us having been uh, away from the game for quite some time. Yeah, I'd agree. Like it's, it's a game like I, I last played like probably like six months ago as well. And okay, yeah. well, I played, I played like a couple weeks ago and before that was six months. Okay, but, like, sure, the, sure. I think the game is just, like once you kind of fall into it, it, it does just pick like there's a natural progression that makes sense. Like if once you understand yeah. like how enemies path, because you're always gonna be looking at those reference sheets to know what are yeah. the abilities. Like that's just a given. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a game that I, I do kind of always remember. Here's the structure. Here's the flow. It always yeah. kind of makes sense with even like stuff like the initiative track and just like you have one dice right. roll. It, it just kind of makes sense, right? Um, yeah, but I do think it's a game that if like you, if you, if you play like every few months, like it becomes ingrained in your head. Like it's you just you just know it. Um, and I think yeah. like I'm kind of at that point now. Like I've played it enough that like I don't need too much for a fresher to uh, get back into it. It's it's one of those things like if someone made a YouTube video, it's like here's you here's too many bones in five minutes for if you've played before but don't remember the rules. Um, yeah. Would, yeah, um, there is the short like list of yeah. rules that you've forgotten since you last played. Like- yeah, see, the thing is, like, it's all, I think it's all keywords. Um, that's like, that can yeah, really I'll trip never you up. remember like, all the keywords, though. You just have to have that reference sheet. There's no I think chance. the rule that I struggle with most is the lock picking mechanic. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I do not know that. I always yep. have to look it at those rules. It makes no sense. I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, can I, I roll get the it, dice? But I it can takes roll the dice again. No, you can't yeah. roll the dice again. Like, but this dice is set aside for the next time you roll the dice. It's just like, what? <laughs> You're gonna be the trope chest so didn't simpler. even come into play in our play last mm-hmm. night, no. and like, it's yeah, the, it's a trove chest is fun, but I do wish that there's a way to just make it simpler. Um, just to move the game along because you're right in that the trove chest can take a lot of time if you're referencing rules and doing it and you get something out of it and you're like, Oh, I'm never going to use this. Like, <laughs> and like, yeah. I wish How it was just quicker just for a loot. Right. How much better is it than the loot? Like, I really have no idea. Can be. Yeah. Really good, I have no idea either. But there, yeah, there are some busted trove loots, but <laughs> even still the, I don't know if it's worth the amount of time and effort it takes to go through the rule book and figure that out every time. We're going like, to get like a dissertation from Brad in the Discord <laughs> yeah. explaining why yeah, Trove Brad's are so much better. Yeah, Brad's going to hit us hard. Maybe <laughs> so, Brad can explain how to do Trove Loot <laughs> yeah, easily. Maybe great, he Brad. knows like how to do it because the rule book is not not the best in that regard. I think the Trove Loot too is like it's better for like if you're playing a longer game, but and usually I am not playing that. I'm playing like one of the shorter uh, uh, bosses and just trying to get through it like in two three hours right so well kenny i'm really hoping we can play when you're in town yeah for sure yeah break it out all right kyle what you been watching lately all right so uh i won't go over any of the 18 movies i watched in florida uh i have watched less <laughs> movies this week surprisingly um I've watched... where are you at where are you at out of 100 Ooh, uh, i've caught up to, well you you caught up to me I'm... and then i think i surged back ahead yeah you you're crushing me now i am at well i watched four movies in one day on sunday which is the most movies i've ever seen in a single day that's, ever yeah that's, it's your entire day um i've seen 82 this year 
Okay, I'm in 93. Yeah. Yeah. See, man, I was at like four, I was like four behind, <laughs> and I'm planning I, on seeing two tomorrow. I watched I watched two this week, and one we're doing uh, for the Patreon podcast. So the other one that I watched this week is The Evil Dead. Um, I watched this on a whim. Uh, I don't know if you guys do this, but like when I'm on, uh, sometimes I'll just go to HBO Max or what's now known as Max. Um, or Netflix, yes. usually not, usually not Netflix. Okay. We, we have a movie <laughs> podcast. We can't keep doing that. We can't do that constantly. We're calling it HBO from here on out on this channel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll just scroll, uh, HBO and I'll be like, okay, what is recently added? Or like, what's a popular movie? And I'll just pick some like, oh, I haven't seen that. And I know that's well beloved. So this time I picked the evil dead. Um, I will say, like, I am a Sam Sam Raimi fan, but I haven't seen a ton of Raimi movies that make Raimi, Raimi who it is, The Evil Dead being one of them. Um, I've only seen the Spider-Man trilogy. I've seen uh, Multiverse of Madness, uh, and that might be it, but I like those movies a, a lot. The Evil Dead is a 1981 horror movie that's very campy. It starts off very cliche. Five college students go to the woods for a little trip. It's kind of slow. There's an annoying person. There's a couple couples. There's a fifth wheel. Very cliche. And I'm like, this, I was like, this is kind of boring. The first 20 minutes were kind of <laughs> slow. And one of the characters was extremely annoying. I was like, oh my God, I hope this dude dies first. But then, <laughs> then the demon gets summoned by a cassette tape. Um, and if you were born uh, around Max's time, a cassette tape was how we played music. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, but this cassette tape had a recording that summoned a demon. And when one of the students gets possessed by this demon, it scared the balls off me. Oh my gosh. Really? The makeup and the practical effects were so really? frightening. They were yeah. incredible, Max. I cannot stress this enough. They legitimately scared, scared me. I was down here. I was down in my basement. I was watching at night. And I was watching, I was like kind of bored and, you know, and I was like, oh my God, like I literally did that when they <laughs> showed the face, it startled me. And like, that's not something like scary. We're in our thirties, some of us. And like, you don't get <laughs> jump scared anymore. Like that doesn't happen. You just watch scary movies because they're fun. No, this like startled me. And so okay, like, I'm stoked. The movie is a quick 85 minutes. And from that, like 20 minute mark to the end of the movie, It's just constant practical effects that are creepy, and you're like, what the F? And the only thing that doesn't make this movie, I I rated a three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. I when Kenny asked me what I thought, I said I loved it. And you might think you might think me thinking, Dylan, what a movie here. When I say it's a three and a half, but I loved it. What a movie. The the main character who is in every Sam Raimi movie, I forget the actor's name right now. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell's acting is not the best. He, for all the shit that's going down, he's very docile and calm about a lot of it. And he's just like, dude, your girlfriend's possessed. Like, well, you should be freaking out a lot more about this. So that kind of bothered me. And also, uh, when the first person that like realizes something is wrong in the cabin and in the woods. On the opposite end, she's almost like overreacting. It's just constant screaming and very high pitch. And I'm like, if I wanted to listen to this, I'd piss my little girls off. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's like, it, I was wearing headphones. Like, this is so loud and annoying. But yeah. uh, so it knocked it down a little bit. Some of the acting knocked it down, but it, it was a good movie. Uh, I think 
Kenny, you can speak to this a little bit more because I know you've seen it, but you said Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness are better, so I cannot wait to get to those. Yeah. So Evil Dead 2 is just my, my, a remake of Evil uh, Dead 1, right? Mac, Max interrupted me again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'll have to say that um, my wife is an, an absolutely huge like Evil Dead fan, and especially just Bruce Campbell fan. Like We've been to... She's been him three times now, I think. Uh like, done photo. Yeah, didn't like That's photo awesome. opportunities at like Comic Cons. Like she is super into it. like she this movie is a franchise that she's grown up with. Uh like uh which probably she shouldn't have, like watching it like at five or six, but <laughs> here we are. Um so I I've watched a lot of uh, these I've watched them all. Um I'll say Evil Dead Two is is such a, is a big improvement over Evil Dead One. I think they had more money, and they had a bit. It's like basically a retelling of the first movie with some slight twists, but there's a bit more production. I think like Bruce Campbell is a better actor in that one. Um, Army Darkness is just a completely different thing. Um, I would say that would probably be the one you might enjoy the most because it meshes with the fantasy. It's a bit more over the top, um, but yeah. And I actually just saw Evil Dead. The newest one came out, Evil Dead Rises, and I thought that was excellent as well. Um, that is, it's basically again like a retelling of the Evil Dead story, but instead of being in a creepy cabin in the woods, it's like in a dilapidated apartment building, like in L.A. That's just about to be um, torn down, and so it's just seeing all these same tropes kind of popping up again, but through a different um, through a different lens. Um, instead of like being just this group of friends. Um, in a cabin it's actually this a uh, group di- a family group dynamic of like where the mom is possessed and the kids are slowly uh, getting possessed as the story goes on so it becomes like very savage and really real just because like the kids are slowly dropping off one by one and there's like you know you see like little kid get, get possessed and just uh, killing people yeah, and it's it is rough is there anything um, scarier than a little kid who's like a ghost or like a monster or something it ridiculous yeah, it is. how scary that is yeah, and I think this one did a pretty good job with it because, like, the kids that I mean, I, I don't want to get spoilers too much, but they, they did a pretty good job of like not making it too, um, like sad or just upsetting. Um, I mean, for me, <laughs> I guess what, what that says. But uh, yeah, I, again, I, I think it was great. Um, but yeah, I, I went on the Evil Dead rant here, but uh, I'm glad you liked it, Kyle. I would recommend you watch Evil Dead too and kind of see how how it goes. So. I will, I will watch it soon. I'm also interested in Evil Dead Rises. I think that's what kind of like piqued my interest when I saw it is because like when the Evil Dead Rises trailer came out, I'm like, oh my, that looks terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah. And I would say like the scenes that are in the trailer are like the worst you see. It, it's oh, not really? as bad as you think it is going to be, but I I think overall it's, it's a it's a very good film. It, it, they basically did another remake like in 2015. 14 or so i think and I, that one was okay but this this newest one evil dead rises is quite a bit better so the 2013 cool. one is the only one i've seen uh really? yeah. i remember watching that i quite liked it i thought but i remember watching that in theaters and danielle went with me and she <laughs> i think she hid under her hoodie and played minesweeper on her phone the entire yeah. time because it, i've like, I've done that in horror movies too, because my, my wife has much higher tolerance for this stuff than I, I do. Oh really? Um, oh yeah, I understand. But yeah, I, the I mean, it's interesting. These these newest Evil Dead movies are such like a, a departure from the original films. Like they're much more serious. Um, they're yeah. much more gory. Less and, like, camp. Less camp. But Evil Dead Rises is 
it brings in those humor and camp elements a lot more. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I think, and I think it's better film because of it. I, I was like, I wonder why Sam Raimi stopped making them. Like I knew he did I the mean, first three and then he didn't do the 2013 one and he didn't do the 2023 one. I think he's such like an established director that he doesn't need to, right? Like he wants to see like these, this franchise go on. And I think I, I've read, I think my wife was telling me that like basically he handpicked the director he wants for these movies. Um, so he's basically kind of making the, the evil dead legacy live on through other, uh, through other talent. So I think that's kind of the thing he's, I mean, cause I get Sam Raimi, like he, he could do another one, but he can do so, so many other things. He's getting that Marvel money, you know? <laughs> you gotta love that Marvel money. So I have two evil dead questions. Uh, a, I only have evil dead two on my watch list. I didn't even plan on watching evil dead one because people say two is a retelling of one and it's just vastly better at every way, shape or form. Should I watch one or is it, is it cool to just, just move on? Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's worth watching one. I think like, so I think evil dead one is a very like earnest take on like, uh, a budget horror movie made by Sam Raimi. Um, like I think they're truly trying to make like something different and unique, trying to something that's actually scary while evil dead two is like, I think they kind of figured their formula at that point. Like, okay, let's make it scary. Let's kind of make it a horror. It's kind of scary, but let's really um, up the weirdness and uh, really up the camp. And so like, I think they're both valid. I, I would probably start with evil dead Two, go to army darkness to go back one. Now, as, as somebody who hasn't seen evil dead two or army of darkness, Max, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this, like, the Evil Dead is literally under ninety minutes, so just watch. Yeah, so it. is Evil Dead too. It's just eighty-five, just, I think. Yeah, I mean, just like just watch it. Like it's not yeah, like you're spending four hours. And I, I have a question. This is a question for Kenny. Does Evil Dead Two have a tree molesting a person? Yeah, I think they pretty much all do. <laughs> so. They all do. They all do. I, I think. Okay. I think that's the one connective tissue. <laughs> I think Army Darkness doesn't have that, but yeah, they all. They all go back to that trope to some degree yeah. it's a classic one yeah you gotta stick it's with classic. the hits well know? i mean it is it is like so iconic there's this there's several iconic scenes in evil dead and that is definitely one of them like i remember watching it i was probably like I don't know, 18 or 19 and just like being absolutely shocked by that that scene just like oh my god i can't believe yeah. they actually did that right it's it's wild have either of you all i think the answer is no i know the answer is no for kyle it might be yes for kenny have either of you all seen House, the 1977 Japanese horror film? No, but you keep talking about it, so go ahead. I do keep talking about it. I recommend <laughs> it, too. I recommend it a lot, especially if you like Evil Dead. So I've not seen it, obviously. Um, but when I was like doing a lot of researching on House after watching it, because it's a wild film, so many people were talking about like Sam Raimi had to have seen this movie before he made Evil Dead, right? Obviously, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not sure if anyone but Sam Raimi knows the answer to that. <laughs> but apparently, there's quite a bit of like may, may, maybe inspiration, and maybe that's not it. Maybe that's a disingenuous term to use. But apparently, just the way that like some of it, how camp it is, and like some of the crazy editing and stuff like that. Apparently, there are a lot of people who believe that House inspired Evil Dead. Um, and as someone who quite enjoyed house uh, under 90 minute crazy horror film uh i totally recommend you watch it if you enjoyed evil dead now i say that before having seen evil dead so i could be way <laughs> off uh do i think you'll love it no do i think you'll hate it maybe do i think you'll find it funny probably i don't know it's just it's a fun time and i think you should try yeah. it what's house streaming on uh i believe it's hbo max okay 
I believe it's HBO Max. What's Evil Dead on again? You said HBO? It's on HBO, yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure House is on Evil or House is on Evil Dead. Jeez, Louise. Uh, I'm pretty sure House is on HBO, but I might be wrong. I'll find out for you real quick. Kenny, what have you been watching? I watched The Flash. Um, this oh, is, no. Yeah, right. Um, this is DC's <laughs> newest movie. Kind of the end of the Snyderverse. Um, That's a shame. And so I... Is it? I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have, like, pretty low expectations going into the movie. Um, just because, like, the flat movies just had, like, an absolutely crazy behind the... You know, a drama behind the scenes, right? Of just... Uh, Ezra Miller... Sucks. Just, yeah, going off, going off the rocker... Um, doing a lot of bad things creating a lot of bad press for the movie they've had multiple reshoots like as like the dc snyder versus just kind of crumbled um and just they've had to do multiple reshoots and just it's a real hot mess so i thought this this can't be good right but then i saw all the scenes with michael keaton in the preview and i'm like well i gotta see that um <laughs> <laughs> and so i i went into it low expectations didn't really know it's to expect but i actually enjoyed it it is uh i I think i gave it a three on letterbox it is not a good film but it is a fun film um which is you know i I think okay marks for me um it is there's a lot to unpack here i think the thing the worst thing the thing i have to say about this i the thing I liked the most about the flash was not the flash. Um, I think Michael Keaton was great. Um, and the way they kind of, uh, brought his character back into the DC fold is very cool. Um, the, the actress that played, uh, uh, Supergirl was also great. Like I, I had no, had expectations for that, but the way she, um, you know, she didn't have a lot of lines or anything like that, but the way she kind of like, uh, portrayed the character i thought was very cool um much very very different from like where we've seen like um the other takes on superman recently and i think i think the thing i, I feel like the most uh, lukewarm on is how ezra miller performance of the flash or just really the flash how the flash is written in these movies like have you seen justice league kyle i'm not even gonna no ask so i i do not like dc i will say no. that as many times as i can because i do i do not really like dc <laughs> The only Snyderverse movies I've seen is Man of Steel. Oh wow! Okay, wow. Working, working nothing here. Um, I will I say that- the Flash interested me for one reason. So, you know how the W like WB like bat like took Batgirl off the. They just said like we're not we're not showing Batgirl. Uh, but Ezra Miller had all of this legal trouble is a psychopath and they kept the flash and that said to me, Oh, they think this movie is sweet (laughs) or they wouldn't put up with this because they are looking to make cuts. And this is a perfect time for them to cut the flash, but they didn't. Yeah. Well, I think, but I think at that point that like, by the point all that stuff had to start going down, like the movie had been filmed. It was like 200, 200 million dollars already in the invested. Like it's, I think at that point, like they, they got to keep going with it. So, but I do think that, but I do think they had a bit in the tank with this one because I think it is all right. Um, but anyway, so I would say like the thing I don't, I I'm really kind of weird. I feel weird about is the the their take on the Flash, right? Um, and 
the Flash is like, you know, in the DC comics, like a very like classic hero. Um, this is the Barry Allen um, the version of the Flash because there, there are a lot of Flashes. Um, and I think the way that like uh, the Flash in these movies is portrayed is he's like, um, I would say probably like on the spectrum slightly, he is like anxious, nervous, which is like, if you think about the Flash, like a man who can move uh, a million miles a minute, it kind of works, right? It makes sense. Um, but it just doesn't feel right for the Flash in terms of like me me as like a comic fan knowing who the Flash is. It feels kind of weird and offbeat. But at the same time, I think like that's also really cool that there is a character that kids can look up to that are that is portraying um who's like different and can you know people can identify with then i think oh no this is associated now with ezra miller who is not a good role model yeah that sucks yeah so it's a real mixed bag Um, i i agree with you though i do love when heroes have like are have to deal with mental illness um yeah or anxieties that's like one Mm -hmm. of the things i like i love about moon knight that's one of the things i love about scarlet witch um thor had something in endgame that he dealt with i I love that aspect of storytelling with superheroes because they feel invincible. And when they have something that's not a hundred percent perfect, it allows you to relate to them a little bit better. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job of establishing that really quickly, really early. Like this is who this character is and this is his troubles and this, this is, you know, all that stuff. Um, so, and I think like Ezra Miller did a pretty good job in the in the movie. Like I think like their performance was a bit uneven in spots, but I think the writing was also uneven in spots. So what can you do? With, with now, can with? I can I uh, backtrack a little bit? Um, am I correct in saying the the whole point of the Flash is or the Flash movie is that like Ezra Miller or the Flash Barry, is his name Barry Allen in that movie? Yeah, uh, Barry Allen lost his mom. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you're saying like he lost his mom and. He kind of has anxieties from that. So like, yeah, I mean, but I think he's also just, he's maybe might be wired that way. So yeah, I was like, yeah. that's something that like really speaks to me is just like, I, I think lost losing a parent is like portrayed quite a bit in film. Um, especially like Disney, uh, superheroes love dead parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the effects that it has on people, um, isn't always portrayed right like uh batman like lost his parents and like he becomes a batman because of that right like he becomes just very vigilant and like wants to stop but like that's not how people like really act when they lose a parent they they Mm. you get a little bit of neurotic right like you you don't know you get depressed um so i like seeing that side of it from the flash like i I'm like I said, I'm not a DC fan. I I do want to see the flash. I will not go to the theater to see it, but I will watch it probably when it comes to HBO. Yeah, that's fair. And I would say like, it's the CGI in the movie is borders on terrible. Sometimes like the first 10 minutes are awful. Um, (laughs) I, I I walked in going, I, I, this after this first 10 minutes, like, Oh my God, this is what I walked into. (laughs) It doesn't prove. Um, and like if, since you've seen man of steel, they bring, they tie a lot of stuff back to my man of steel in a cool way uh, so i think you'll enjoy that but um yeah i think flash overall was a hot mess but it was a fun hot mess um i it's i think it's weird too that the movie is kind of ended on a, a whimper instead of a bang knowing that this is kind of like the end of like the era like yeah. you're not going to see gal gadot or ben affleck probably or 
Um, Henry Cavillier definitely I can see as like these iconic characters again. Um, and so it, just the way it ended too, I thought was just weird. Um, and kind of like, you know, uh, in, in terms of like a big grandiose ending, I would say the movie doesn't really have that. Um, but I am very excited to see what James Gunn does with DC. I think it is. Me too. I think it is fitting to like, let it, let it go. Um, these are characters that people are beloved in the movies are like pretty universally panned by DC fans, by Marvel fans, by comic book fans. Uh, I think James Gunn is great. Uh, I loved Peacemaker. I liked his Suicide Squad. Yeah, um, I am very excited to see what he does with these characters. Yeah, and I th- I'm excited too because I think he's going to take risks and like push these characters yeah. in directions that like we're not expecting. Because I think there, I think I, I mean I love Marvel. I think it's always been like my first love in terms of like superhero comics. But I do love DC too. Like there's so many like great DC stories to to tell, and like the DC characters can be great. Um, and I think that they can be translated to the big screen. It's just like you with Batman, like that's happened multiple times. There've been great Superman movies, but I think like a big DC universe will be exciting to see like when it's executed well. So Max, are you so bored right now? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, the only thing I have to say about flash is that I think it's dumb that we have two IMAX theaters within an hour's time and they're only (laughs) playing flash. They're not playing (laughs) spider verse or anything else that, that would warrant its inclusion, which is sad, but Max, can I, uh, can, I really wish you would have said, the only thing I have to say about the Flash is, I think it's dumb. And just, just end it there. <laughs> yeah, just, just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Uh, I picked uh, a couple movies, but just a real brief mention. I'm not going to, the real brief mention. The first thing is, I watched Amadeus recently, which is a freaking banger of a movie. Uh, but just wanted to shout out that Kyle and I will be doing a Patreon podcast uh, where we dive deep into Amadeus and talk about how we feel feel about it. Uh, so if you're interested in seeing that or listening to that, make sure you, make sure you, I can't talk. This is a bad thing on a podcast if I can't talk. Make sure you go support us on patreon.com slash table knots. Uh, I watched Your Name recently, which is an anime movie, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it because kyle will just give me a hard time on it but uh really good really liked it uh kind of a convoluted storyline but you know me i kind of like those things and uh it it had a nice payoff really big fan and just absolutely stunning animation loved it big fan but something that we can all kind of talk about uh is baby driver so this is one of edgar wright's films uh and it is a music video thriller heisty not even high it's not heisty but uh, kind of it's a music video basically i mean it's the whole runtime is just super cool i think that the plot is thin in a lot of areas the acting is good and also not good it's not like bad right like there's nothing that sticks out like that's terrible acting but definitely not i don't think yeah, but I don't think Ansel or Lily James really did a particularly great job. Uh, and the plot's a little weak, but it's so cool and fun that I can look past it all. And I think I still gave it a four or a four and a half. I don't quite remember. But uh, just I I love Edgar Wright's directing style. I just can't I can't applaud it enough. I don't uh, some people probably don't jive with it and that's fine, but like for me, I love how the music is timed to things that happen in the story. I love how there's references and nods in the background like in the opening scene so many of the lyrics to the song that's playing pop up on graffiti on the walls and on signs on the windows and things like that and that's just so interesting to me. 
Uh, but great movie. Uh, hard recommend for me. It might be one of my least favorite from Edgar Wright, but let me clarify in that I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. So I think it is just barely above Scott Pilgrim. And then you've got like the Cornetto trilogy and, uh, uh, you know, it's probably better than Soho. Maybe Scott Pilgrim, Soho, then Baby Driver, then Cornetto trilogy. I know we, uh, I know we kind of talked about this last week, but it's if, like I'm the exact opposite. Like I put the Cornetto trilogy below those. That's crazy like, to me. Soho, baby, you both Soho, put Cornetto Driver. trilogy on the bottom yeah. of the Edgar Wright rankings. I yes. put one on the bottom, but I would say Scott Pilgrim is my favorite. I'd probably say Baby Driver is probably above the Cornetto stuff. Um, maybe Hot Cornetto Fuzz would be Trilogy above it. Cornetto Trilogy is so yeah. good. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim is really good. Scott Pilgrim is good. I agree. I agree. Every one of every single one of those is a four star grader. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim's a four star, and that's my least favorite. It's still freaking great, and I would watch it any day of the week. I just think that each the others are like a little better. I don't know. It's tough. So baby driver for me, I can't remember what I rated either. I, if I had to guess, it's probably four a half. four star four and a half. Okay. I, th- I think you gave it a four and a half. I could be wrong, but it's, it was right around there. If I had to guess like the first 20 minutes is f- cocaine. Like it yeah. is so awesome. Like I started watching that movie. I'm like, Oh my God, is this going to be my favorite movie of all time? <laughs> and then like, it never really matches that first 15 minutes for me. Still very fun. I love John Hamm. I think the acting, I, I was not troubled by the acting, but I get what Max is saying. You don't really go out of that thinking like, oh my gosh, those were some incredible for performances because mm-hmm. they weren't. But it's not about, it wasn't about the acting, right? It was no, it's a music about video. The, it's, it's about just... the music. It's about yeah, the music yeah. and about, it's about the the directing. Like I think Edgar Wright was like, let's see how I can direct this movie yeah. like a music video well i and think baby driver is kind of like for lack of a better term his baby like i think it's been a while since i've done some research on this but i believe like reading at one point in time that he had had baby driver like written in his journal for 10 years or something before he was ever able to get a company to sign off on it and make it like he he had wanted to do this for ages so i'm sure that he put like so much time and effort and fun into this movie. I'm sure to try and try and make it as best he possibly could. But I I think I like it the most out of the, both of you. Um, I think it is such a good like heist movie and like chase movie. I think it does all that stuff super well, and I think it just adds with that add layer of coolness that is imbued by like getting it right. Mm-hmm. I think it's just I think it's just top notch. Um, I I think I really do like the characters in the movie as well. Like I think like the the characters, like I think, both like um, uh, what's her name? Lily Allen, no, L- Lily James, Lily James, Lily James, yeah, Lily James, and um, the main the main character, baby, Ansel like, Elgert. Sure, um, <laughs> 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 uh, I thought they'd be like. I think like the characters are not like super like loud or um, bombastic characters, which is like pretty dark comparison to the rest of the cast. Like, mm-hmm. you have, dude, like Jamie Fox is unhinged. Yeah, yeah he's right? scary, dude. So I, I thought, so I thought it was interesting that like the characters are both like kind of like you know a little bit soft spoken. They're, they're not like they're a bit quieter, which is like in direct comparison to like just the bombast of everyone else. Um, so I thought that was like an interesting touch, like especially for Baby, like he's like doesn't talk a lot, like he kind of lives through actions and like through the music itself. I thought that was a really cool touch. Um, I, I really like the treatment of like John Hamm and how they foisted him as like. You know, spoilers. Uh, 
but as like you know he's he's an all right guy but then it turns yeah, understanding like, oh, yeah he's not an all right guy um <laughs> no, he's but, bad. yeah which i mean makes sense they're all bad right um but yeah i thought i mean i love it i I think like Kyle's right. Like those first 20 minutes are just amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Even to the, even to the post chase scene, like when he's just like jiving down the streets, like, um, that's still great, but it really matches that. But I think I, I still love it. Um, for me, this is like, I think the second or third time I've seen it. And like, I think this recent rewatch, like really cemented how much I like the movie. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it really is great. Like even as someone who thinks it's, not as good as the Cornetto trilogy. It's still freaking great. The Cornetto trilogy is just amazing. I mean, I might put this on the same level of the world's end, but not Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. But one of the things is like, I think the characters are fine. I just don't think they're as deep as I'd like them to be specifically with the two leads. Um, like I loved even when the, even when the movie slows down and it gives you scenes with just baby and Joe, uh, his stepdad. Um, it's like, or his foster dad, whatever. I, I don't recall off the top of my head, but I love those scenes where like it slows down for a minute and you get a little bit more idea of their backstories and uh, reasons why they're doing things and stuff like that. And I just wish that I, to me, I think Deborah Lily James in particular just feels kind of like just a plot device. Like, like that could have actually for sure given her more motivation, reason, anything. And she's kind of just there. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense why her character would be so okay with what Baby's doing. Exactly, right. Um, so I agree with you there, but Ansel Elgort plays cool so well. Um, he just, like, drips swag. And it's not even like he's, like, trying hard like a douchey frat bro. No, he's, like, he's he's cool because, like, he's, like, just listening to music. He doesn't care what's going on. He plays it very cool when he's driving. He doesn't flinch um, when John Hamm, or not, it's not John Hamm, is it? Who's the, uh, Jamie, Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox no, tries to punch him or whatever. John Bernthal. John Bernthal. It's the other guy. The other one. The other J like, name. <laughs> yeah. And like when he asks out uh, Lily James and it's just like very just like relaxed where you can tell he's kind of shy, but he's like, yeah. not really. Like he's still very forward. And I don't know. It's that kind of like just confidence he has in himself is is just very fun to watch. I, she, I had no problem with Ansel Elgore or Baby as a character. I see where you're coming from with lily james yeah and i don't think she like performed poorly i just don't think she was given anything to do you're right you're right i don't think she was i don't think she had an opportunity to do much at all which is where my biggest complaint from the movie comes from i think well i think like i think she's again i think she has just maybe like a plot device but i think her character was to be someone that you're really rooting for and that you like and i think like that was done really well right yeah mm-hmm. she's made very likable that's for sure for yeah. sure no for sure for sure. Like you, you want to root for the two that they can get through this and, li- you know, get on the road and not look back. Right. This is something that's like, maybe like, just as we talk this through, like maybe that was kind of the, the point is like everything else in his life is so chaotic and she is the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like that is her point to show that he is, or she is like his, like calm down. Like is she is not. Or something? Yeah. Yeah. All I can say is that this conversation has uh, reinvigorated a, a desire in me to do an Edgar Wright uh, draft or ranking episode at the very least. Like maybe, maybe not even draft. Maybe You'll just a discussion so on our rankings. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you seen every Edgar Wright film? No. What have you? What are you missing though at this point? The World's End. Yeah. And that's it. 
And Kenny, you're probably missing Soho, and that's it? Yeah, that's the only one I haven't seen. I've so seen the there we go. You go watch Soho, you go watch The World's End, and then we'll reconvene and do a Edgar Wright episode where we can yell at each other and discuss this whole... How many movies is that? Three, four, five, six movies? Six, yeah. Yeah, and we can discuss the rankings of those six, because it seems like we all have some pretty uh, different takes on those. I'd love to do that, for sure. All right, Kyle. Lead us off with our feature topic. We're going to be talking about our shelf of shame. This is both for board games and movies. The games that have sat on our shelf for far too long and maybe why that is and maybe if we think they'll love them or not. And the movies that for one reason or another have sat on our watch list without us giving them the time of day. So Kyle, talk about a couple of your games here. Okay, so I currently have nine games on my shelf of shame. Which isn't as bad as I thought, but it's not as good as it was like three months ago. Like three months ago, I had nothing on my shelf of shame. Um, but I'm going to list those off and then I'll just go, I'll, I'll talk about a few of them. Um, so the nine games are Cloud Spire, Fall of the Mountain King, La Familia, The Great Mafia War, The Great Wall, Heat Pedal to the Metal, Hoplomachus Victorum, uh, Lacrimosa, Vagrant Song, and War of the Ring. To give you a, a bit of a break, Lacrimosa just joined your shelf of shame like what, today? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. so, today. <laughs> I wouldn't really qualify it as a shelf of shame game. <laughs> I picked it up today yeah, from right. uh, a trade with Logan from our Discord. Yeah. Um, the game that has been on my shelf of shame the longest has been um, Vagrant Song. And I'm not going to talk about that one. I do want to mention like the only reason I haven't played Vagrant Song yet is because I'm playing Journeys in Middle Earth with um, my Tuesday night group and once we finish our current campaign of Jime, we will get into Vagrant Song. So that's sure. why it's been sitting there. Um, but the first game I want to talk about is uh, Cloud Spire um, by Chip Theory Games, uh, which we talked about uh, Too Many Bones. Mm-hmm. Cloud Spire is their, I think, was their next game after Too Many Bones, actually. I believe yeah. so. Um, yeah. And it is a, a bigger game. It does a lot of the same things that uh too many bones does where it has like a lot of keywords a lot of different effects some variable player powers i i think it's played best as a solo game or a two-player game i picked it up to play mainly solo but i heard it's best to learn it too and just kind of do like a learn to play and really it's it's kind of just sat there uh for two reasons one is because like kenny uh is supposed to 3d print some uh spires for me and i i'm getting them this weekend i think Yes, uh, so they, I didn't want to play with, until I had those 3D printed spires. <laughs> they are printed. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Kenny. By the way, great, great man, that Kenny. Um, and <laughs> the other is reason is like, is like I mentioned before, is just like it's a it's a game I'm planning on playing solo, or it's a two player game that's like a long, complex two player game, and I just really struggle to learn those games. Um, if I play something solo, like I'm like, and I want to play something fast, I just like usually go to like rolling realms or marvel champions and i don't want to learn anything um but i'm very interested in how cloudspire plays it's beautiful i've got it out so many times and set it up and just like played with the chips and like i was like oh my gosh i Mm -hmm. wish i just knew how to play this so i could just like get it to the table so yeah that's the first one uh i don't know when i'll get to it i i will i have to admit um out of those nine games i gotta think there are probably three or four that will get played before cloudspire does sure the next one I want to talk about is The Great Wall, which I also have not had for a long time. I've probably had it for three or four weeks. Um, this is one that I kind of bought on a whim. Uh, I went to the guard tower. I saw it was there, and it was the mini version, which, honestly, I would have been fine with the Meeple version. But The Great Wall is a game that, like, 
I know uh, Jeff from Foster the Meeple has mentioned that I would probably love. It does that kind of thing that I, I really enjoy hybrid games. Like if I had to de- describe, like if I had to put myself into a bucket, it would be hybrid gamer. I want Euro mechanisms with a really cool theme and really cool components. Like that's mm-hmm. why I like side. That's why I like dwellings of elder veil. Um, and sure. the great wall absolutely does that. Like it's a worker placement game with awesome components. Um, it's awakened realms. Uh, this is a game that like, it's only sat on my shelf of shame probably because like I was gone for two weeks and, uh, awakened realms doesn't do a great job with the rule book, but like, I think it's like fairly easy to learn. I mean, it's a worker placement game. Um, this is a game that will get played very soon just because I am, I am super interested in that style to see what it does with that. And I am not sure how I feel about awakened realms games as a whole. I really enjoyed nemesis. But besides the Great Wall, no other game has really interested me from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've gone through a similar thing with Awakened Realms as well. I also love Nemesis, and I've tried to get into the other games, but I just can't. I think like it's there's a big barrier for me um, in terms of like... Uh, I think it's probably because a lot of the games are narrative-driven, and I think like I just have too yeah. much of that. Um, so but I've kind of like... I'm kind of realizing that I should not, I should not buy their games anymore. Just let Doolin yeah. buy them. Just let I, think the narrative, <laughs> I think the narrative-driven thing is the thing, and I think that's why I'm excited about Great Wall, because it's not that. It's like, yeah. it's a board game that like I am interested in. Like, this game could have been put out by anybody. Um, where Awakened Realms right. usually is like, let's do Etherfields, or what's that game that Doolin really likes by them? Um, oh, Tainted Grail? Tainted Grail. Like, those games are not for me. I just uh, Vanguard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So I, I'm I'm interested to see what the Great Wall is from them. Like that, it's just so far away from what they usually do. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It's gotten great reviews, right? So yeah, I worry that like because I think like Awakened Realms they they tend to like there's a lot of their games tend to have a lot of rules. There's a lot of like fiddly bits, and I worry that's going to be bleed over into the Great Wall too. Um, Could be. And, and, I mean, because it's it's supposed to be just like kind of like a straight up Euro, like their take on the Euro, and I think that means there's going to be a lot of stuff um but i mean I, i'm curious to see what you say when you when you actually get to play so yeah it'll be one that i once i do play i will probably talk about um and revisit yeah. uh so the last game i want to talk about on my shelf of shame um kind of aligns with the game i talked about earlier and that's war of the ring the card game uh and the reason i'm really interested in war of the ring the card game is because it's a 2v2 version now when oh. War of the Ring the card game first came out, I was like, I didn't know this that. is not necessary. Uh, War of the Ring is sweet because you're playing on this huge map and it's super like thematic and like you're moving around armies and you're you're fighting. I'm like, what is the point of the card game version of this? And then I heard the main way to play was 2v2. And I'm like, that's interesting to me. So like two player two people play as Shadow, two people play as uh the free peoples, and each person has their own deck. So like one free people is like the Hobbit and the elves and the other free people's person is like uh, er- humans and dwarfs or something like that. And uh, it works out similarly to um, the board game from what I know is that there are two separate paths. There is the path of the ring and there is the path of like fighting the battles on the on the field. Um, and it's really like picking and choosing what you're going to do. Uh I have heard that the game, I, I expected this game was going to be like a quick version of War of the Ring. Like when you see, when you hear like card game or dice game, you think it's going to be like an hour version. Um, but from what I've heard, this is like a, just as long. Like it's a three yeah. or four hour game. Really? 
Yeah. Interesting. I did not. I know nothing about this game, but I certainly didn't know that. <laughs> I, I didn't know that it was 2v2 or that it was that long. I, I thought it was going to be a much more condensed experience. That's intriguing, I guess. Yeah. So scary? and there's like different. There's <laughs> scary might be the correct <laughs> word. Um, so I didn't know a ton about it either. But like once I heard about it, 2v2 and I saw it in the store and it's like thirty five dollars. Yeah. It's just a card game. Like it's like I'll take a chance on that. And um, I am like I said, I'm interested enough in Lord of the Rings right now that like I am very intrigued to get this played. Um, I will say it also has different scenarios. Like the base scenario is when you're playing, you're playing like the trilogy, but then there's just like different ways to play where you just throw in different locations and you might add different cards to your deck. And I like that as well. Like you, I, I'm not saying like, I will play this game enough to where I need different scenarios, but it's nice that it right. has that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, Shut up and down had a pretty positive, uh, video, review, video review of it recently. Um, and that kind of piqued my interest, but I would, I do, I would actually think like playing this TV two would get it, make it harder to get to the table. I play more four player than two player though. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just think of like the experience of like, I don't know, two v two team based game. It's kind of weird, right? I don't know. But what about like uh, votes for women? Two v two team based game. Yeah, that, that's better as a one v one, right? Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> there. But like, <laughs> one of the other games on my shelf of shame, La Familia: The Great Mafia War, is also Ooh, a two v two team game. And that's another reason why I bought that. It's cause, well, one, I love Capstone, and two, I was like a 2v2 game. Like, there's not a lot of those. Um, I got to see what that's about. Um, and it's area control, which I love area control. So you, you're you're right, Kenny, where, like, there's not a ton of 2v2 games. Um, there's what the new, like, Concordia Venus, you can play uh-huh. 2v2. And there is a game by, um, you're like in a dream or something. It's like Inside inside Out, the board game. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, what is it? Who's that from? It's from oh, like no. the Tricarion people. Mind class. Talking about? Oh, you're talking about uh, shoot. Cerebra, Cerebra, Cerebra. That's two v two. That's like, yeah. I think all three of us. It took us to get us there, <laughs> but we did it as a team. We did it. Yeah. So I don't know. Two v two is like just something that's like interested me lately. I don't know. You gotta yeah, get guards of Atlantis, dude. Mm, I I don't. Because I don't need to get Guards of Atlantis. Because I have La Familia and War of the Ring the card game. So Dude. let me get those played first. And then no. I'll get Guards of Atlantis. Guards of Atlantis is so good. <laughs> All right, Kenny. What's on your shelf of shame, buddy? Uh, I got... So I don't think... I don't have nine. I have like... I, I didn't count mine. This is like that I scene in the office where it's like Michael Scott does a presentation and the other guy's like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. I didn't realize we were supposed to be doing this. <laughs> like, oh, this I was a meet and greet. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't count my games. I don't know how. I mean, I could do that while Kenny's talking if you want. My shelf's right behind me. I'll go figure out how many I've got. But like, man, I did not prepare. I picked three that I was going to talk about. I think you you probably like less than ten max. That'd be my guess. Um, but uh, I play around. I I'm going to go find out. Ten games on your shelf. I'll be back. Yeah, fair. I'm only wearing fair. underwear right now, so prepare that. I'm going to say really smart things he's leaving. Oh, my God. I was going to make... Oh, God. He is not wearing... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is, in fact, only wearing underwear. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I didn't believe him, but I should have, right? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Kenny. (sighs) No, this is... How long is it going to take him? He has, like, five games. It won't take him long. Yeah. All right, Max and his undies. Uh, Lead us back into it, because... You didn't keep spot. it going? 
No. no. Aw, you should have. Okay, I just counted my shelf of shame. Uh, I think I have like six. Now, yeah, not a there's a couple that I don't count as my shelf of shame because I'm actively trying to sell them. Like, I've never played them, but like, I'm not oh, I'm trying to get rid of them. It's like, same. they're not on like my that. shelf at this point anymore. But really, it's it's like Clank Legacy and uh, the three that I'm going to talk about and uh, a, a, a few more. But yeah, I think I only have like six at this point, six or seven. So, yeah, I probably have like maybe 20 or 25, which is a lot. But I used to have a lot, a lot more. If um, Doolin were here, you would feel a lot better about yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. And as I started kind of like listing them out, I kind of noticed the theme that like the first like seven or eight games, uh, and there's probably more, are all Euros. Um, and I think that's kind of like a, a sign of like the group I play with, which is mostly the, the Table Knots. Um, we don't play a lot of Euros. Um, so, uh, so on here I have Scoville, which is my oldest uh, game that I have not played yet. I got that in 2014, uh, which is kind of wild. Um You've had that for nine years and you've never yeah, played it. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's such a cool, weird and unique theme that I've held on to it. And there's a watch a played video of it, so I'm like, well, I'll learn one day. You got that game when Max was having his sweet sixteen birthday. Right, I know, yeah. <laughs> that is uh-huh. crazy. Wait, twenty fourteen? <laughs> you bought that game when Max was buying a car. I was twenty fourteen? <laughs> I was 20. I was 20. <laughs> you you couldn't even drink yet. That's um, true. I couldn't drink. I wasn't married. Couldn't drink. It's crazy. Different times. Um, yeah. So the Scoville, um, it's my oldest uh, game. It's zero. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever play. I, I even own the expansion for it too, which is dumb. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I go, I, okay. I got the expansion because they have little clear, uh, uh, meeples in it of uh, peppers and it's like well okay I gotta buy that um, ghost peppers or ghost those? peppers yeah yeah ghost peppers yeah uh, so I have a few more euros on here Shakespeare Rogers of the Ganges Coinbread Trajan and I don't know if I'm ever gonna even play it I'll probably have to bring over to Kyle's house and we'll play him Trajan um, is awesome yeah I, w- I would like to play that um, but I should probably stop buying these euros but I mean I just I just like to have them. It's like one of those things like I like to have my collection knowing one day I'll play this fancy ass hero and I'll feel really good about myself. Um, out of that bunch, though, I think the one game that really pops out to me on the Euro side is Shakespeare. Um, this is, I probably got this like in 2016, 2017 when it came out. And this is a game that's really been championed by the brothers Murph. Um, it's a really thematic, cool Euro that kind of like lets you, you basically are set, setting up staging plays, getting actors, building up costumes. And I'm not like a huge Shakespeare fan or anything, but it's such a unique theme that I, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, that sounds um, cool. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah, so I'll, m- m- maybe maybe this game I'll bring it down one day. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll venture into the Euro side I would like you to bring this to Columbus. I would like to play Shakespeare. Okay, cool. Perfect. Hey, you know, ask, asking you shall receive. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one that's on the Euro side of the one I've been wanting to try the most. Um, the, the big, big game that I've been trying to get the table probably for like, I don't know, probably a year now is Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy. Mm, yeah. I want to play that one too, um, but that's like, that's like, that's a, that's a whole night for us. Right. Yeah. Or like a like game day. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's something we've tried to bring out like on when we get together for like a weekend, uh, like a weekend day. Um, but it's just, it's daunting for a first play, um, knowing that's going to take probably like four or five hours to get through. But it, I mean, the production of it is just so, so nice that I, I really do want to get tabled. You've played this, right, Kyle? 
Yeah, Eclipse is incredible. I prefer TI4 still. Pretty different games though, right? Yeah, totally. Um, Like TI4 is an all day thing, whereas like Eclipse, you you can play in a night. Like if you guys decided like, let's play this on a Friday night, you would have no problem getting it in there. Um, I would say it's more of like a four or five hour game and not a 12 hour game. Eclipse is is definitely more Euro-y. Um, what, what makes Eclipse fun is that everybody's ship kind of starts out the same and you like build your ship as you go. Like, so do you want to build it defensively? Do you want to make it more attack heavy? Do you want to make it uh, faster to like move around and like take over hexes? So that part of it is what sets it apart for me. You can get screwed uh on your first play like if you don't know what to focus on like it's just because you there are three different resources like and if you don't like get an income in those three resources like you will set put yourself behind uh but yeah it's it's a very very fun game yeah it's like very asymmetric too with the different alien powers and stuff too which can like i'm into um yeah yeah yeah, this is one that i'd love to play it's just a matter of sitting down and getting the time to do it because you know when we meet up on game days we want to we have all these grandiose aspirations of lots of games we want to play and it's like ooh eclipse but we probably won't play anything else and it's just yeah. like speaking of that like i want to sidebar this like that's like me coming down in july and now instead of us playing games all day we're spending half the day to go to the oppenheimer barbie <laughs> double feature heck yeah <laughs> <Which> is- <laughs> dude worth it though it is it is we could take I, a five-hour break to see two banger movies absolutely man i don't know about, I don't know about oppenheimer um what do you mean you don't know about oppenheimer kenny <laughs> the three and a half hour movie oh man it's, it's, only not, three. it's not three and a half it's not three and a half let's not be disingenuous here with, kenny. with previews three and a half oh you uh, you can go take a nap in the car i'll come get you in the previews are over i, I would like a nap well, not when they're over but um when they started <laughs> so that's clip second down for the galaxy i think i think we should bring it out pretty soon on like one of we our definitely game should mics. yeah just say that this is what we're playing and i'll, I'll know the rules in advance and get it and know, so. all four of you will will love it there's not one of yeah. you that will dislike eclipse yeah, i think i, 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 think, I so. think eclipse and other games too it's it's really like if you're confident in your ability to teach that game i have no problem pulling it out it's like me trying to teach a game i don't know either it's like if the game itself is three hours, four hours, and teach is going to be another hour, it's just like that's so daunting. But like, if you're if it's if you're able to learn it and be confident in it, like I'm down. Like let's 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 figure it out. How do you how do you find the teachers for it, Kyle? I never had to teach it. Um, oh. So how was the learning, Kyle? For that. How's the learning? Yeah. Uh, learning. Okay, learning <laughs> games is weird for me because I do a majority of the teaching, so I feel like I'm a bad learner. <laughs> at a game table mm. um it was fine it was one of those things where i was like i knew i was playing a clip so i watched like videos on it beforehand so i knew uh that's true and we're all responsible adults we could do that well actually yeah, they, i don't know about i don't know about josh and Doolin. they don't they don't watch things no, they're yeah they're they yeah. don't watch things they don't play games they don't play things they, they don't, don't respond they don't to look texts. their phones yep no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh the teach is going to be a longer one uh it's not that bad though you guys right. playing board games before? We'll pick it up, just fine. I've I've played Shoots and Ladders before. I think we can do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've played Shoots and Ladders and Candyland, you Blackjack. have the basics. You've got yeah. it. Yeah, I love Blackjack. My daughter's been really into Candyland lately, and it's oh my god, it is the worst. That's brutal. I, mean, you gotta- I love. I love spending time with my daughter, but Candyland rears its head. I'm like, I don't know about this, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like that game is just the I worst. Go mow the grass. 
Yeah, it is like so deterministic. Like there's like no like no player choice. It's just flip a card. There's not oh. one player choice. No. The player choice is uh, like how choosing fast to play. you draw a card. Yeah. yeah. How fast do you draw a card, which if you're playing like my daughters do, where they just stare at you for like two minutes, I'm like, pick up a card. <laughs> pick up a card for the love of yeah, God. See, here's the thing, Kenny. You would have never had to play shoots and ladders if you didn't bring it into your home. I, I don't know. I think okay. This is different topic, but I th- I do think it's important to like introduce kids to, like these mainstream board games because like that is c- part of the culture, right? Like I, I I do think you should actually show kids Monopoly. You should show kids like Sorry. They may not be the the, the best games. Like, I but don't I, disagree with Monopoly and Sorry, but when you're talking shoots and ladders, yeah. like Monopoly and Sorry, you can do stuff, right? But but I feel like at this age, like there's limited amount of games. Like she's five, and so you there's not, trouble. Trouble's pretty good. We we do play trouble quite a bit. She was into that. I don't know. Like candy, I'm not sure how it got into her house. I think I bought it actually. But <laughs> can it sucks. Um. Anyway, have either of you heard of that game? Um. Something wild. Mm-mm. I think is what it's called. So something wild is like a very like uh big box store card game, but you can get it in different themes. Like I just uh when we were in Florida, like I bought the Baby Yoda version, like Mandalorian version, and it's like an eight dollar card game. Um, and I've been playing it with my six year old, and it's actually not bad. Like it's just it, you play out cards, and you're trying to get get either a run of three, uh, in the same color or a set of three in different colors. Um, so it's good with like getting numbers in order and getting pairs and like matching colors and stuff like that while also giving decisions because like if you play like a five which is a a baby yoda card a grogu card you can uh unlock a special power that only you have so it also teaches like that um i think it's a very fun like card game for eight or nine bucks and you can get a theme that your daughter loves i think it's called something wild i have to double check on that yeah i'll check it out my problem with playing games with my children is like I have I had I had plans to play lots of board games with Ellie and stuff like that. Like I really did. But it then you called them. Well no, with <laughs> with four kids it's like chaos, probably. I I I don't see how someone could have and maybe I'm just a bad parent. I don't see how someone could have four kids and also show them how to play board games because like if I want to teach Ellie, she's five, right? She's old enough. She can learn how to play some games. That's no problem at all. Arya, Arya's three. She'll be four in in August. She can learn. Darcy, Darcy just turned two in February. <laughs> that ain't that ain't gonna happen. And then yeah. I have a newborn too, and it's just chaos. Like, yeah, I don't. You're not if, wrong. If I had like dedicated one on one time, or even one on two time with Arya and Ellie, I do feel like that I could teach them some games. But like, I play so little with them because even if Ellie is trying to learn. And maybe Arya is trying to learn. Darcy's causing chaos and distracting them and things like that. And it's just, it, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out the way I expected it to. Even with like two, in, it's hard. I'll tell yeah. you. I feel like in a few years, though, like like three yeah. or four, like once once you get over that toddler hump, like yeah. you'll, you'll probably be in a better spot. And at this stuff, point, they're all kind of going to the bed at the same time, right? So like maybe if I let Ellie and Arya stay up later, we could play a board game before bed. But then that gets into nighttime. And I'm not about that life. Like, no thank you you can go to bed daddy needs his yeah uh, i mean that's when i find time for anything like dinner 
board games, yeah. movies, anything is after bedtime. Uh, let's uh, uh, we're three dads here. Why don't we go ahead and uh, enlighten the listeners on what time we're recording this podcast? Oh, it's only eleven thirty at night right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's just how we that's just how we operate. You know, we actually decided today that if you uh, listener want more time in the day, you want to be more free. You want to have more availability <laughs> for your friends and family. Have a kid. Apparently, yep. apparently that's how it works here, because Josh and Doolin, the kidless of the two, are never free <laughs> ever. <laughs> They're the busiest boys. They're the busiest boys, and the dads of Table Dots <laughs> over here always trying to get together do stuff. We're always no. like, "Hey, when can you record the podcast?" Literally, any day works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. And they're like, uh, I can record it Thursday from 9 to 9.37. I'll be free then. You know, to be fair to them, I think they're actually doing good in the world and spreading Stop, cheer and Kenny, mirth. We do not need to be fair to them. <laughs> we're just, not we're just bullshitting about. Yeah, they're not here to defend themselves. Let's just let's just pile it on. We They are good people. That is fine. But so cool. I have invited them for a movie so many times. <laughs> And instead, they're just saving children. Like, come on. (laughs) Which is more important? (laughs) Anyway, that was a fun tangent we went on. But let's talk about my last game, which is uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, So this is is a game I got into... Do you remember the year 2020? No. No? Was there any big event? No, it was just... This is a pretty boring year. Um, but actually it was a boring year because that secret kind of got back in the mini painting. And so like a big game that I really launched that for me was um Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um and so like I basically spent I, I bought quite a bit of it and I painted up quite a lot of it. But I by the time like I was ready to start playing with people, like I just kind of lost my mojo for it. Um and so I'd never have got it tabled. Um I think it's something we should try pretty soon though uh, especially since we have a uh, shatter point on the dock that we're gonna start playing soon so it might, might be something we can tr- play but that's kind of my question is like are you would we oh, is there oh, a reason to it? play marvel crisis protocol now that we have shatter point <laughs> yeah that's fair um now they're not the same game and, to clarify they're yeah, not the same but, game. it's made by the same company yeah so maybe this is a game i won't play um because i think like Doolin is invested into shatter point which is cool um mcp i don't think so much but i mean it is i mean the models are really nice and i love the marvel theme of course but yeah. uh yeah just it never, never i think because of 2020 i got into it but because because of 2020 i never had the momentum to get it to the table and it's so hard to like these miniatures games because like you put all this time into painting it but like it can just be if like you don't get the also train done and all this other stuff like you actually have to learn the game yeah, are you gonna I mean, play it? I don't know. Even with Kill Team, what Kenny? Let's put an estimation on this. We spent <laughs> six to eight, six to ten hours playing Kill Team, probably mm-hmm. in total, and forty, fifty plus hours painting, hobbying Kill Team stuff. I mean, yeah, but that's also the the joy. No, of, no, like, no. I agree. Hobby for I sure. agree. Yeah. I love the hobbying aspect, and I'm very excited to paint the Shatterpoint minis as well. But it's just one of those things that, like, the actual playing of the game is almost second to to putting things yeah. together, at, at least in in our experience. I'm sure there are people out there that slap paint on them, put them on the table, and play it all the time, but it's just not in the cards for us to do that. 
Um, but I'm stoked to play Shatterpoint. I just don't really care about Marvel, so Crisis Protocol, though it looks cool, I I'm I would just play Shatterpoint at this point. I'm so yeah, tempted by Shatterpoint. Um, I I was like a little tempted by Protocol when it came out, Crisis Protocol when it came out, but like GD, those minis are freaking expensive. Like the Hulk mini, like my daughter was like, I was painting minis one time, like my Blood Rage minis, and my daughter was like, I want to paint something. Can we go to the guard tower and like pick out something? And she like was really into the Hulk at that time, and she's like, Oh, here's a Hulk mini. That thing was fifty five dollars. I was like, No, you are not 55? getting this. Hulk. Yes, guard, guard tower marks it up, man. Oof. No, guard tower has good guard prices. Tower, guard tower is the best prices in the in the country. Guard <laughs> tower is that. a great local game store, no doubt about it. Their kill team stuff, at the very least, was discounted substantially. Yeah, well, I think like Marvel, Marvel Christ Protocol is pretty expensive. Like it's about twenty bucks a character. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, if you get, like, it's still King pretty expensive. Or somebody dumb. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same with Shatterpoint to an extent, right? Like, I think the Atomic Mass also does, like, they're big in the hobbying stuff. So it's like, you're buying Hulk to play in the game, but, like, he's going to come with, like, a terrain piece that goes around him or something. Like, there's often extra stuff added on. Not not always, but I feel like there often is. Like, doesn't the Thanos yeah. mini from Marvel Crisis Protocol come with his throne he's and a, stuff like that? Throne. Yeah. yeah, he can take off his uh, Infinity Gauntlet right. swap it out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But anyway, well, Shatterpoint. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll, one day we'll play Shatterpoint and I'm going to swap out Anakin Skywalker for Spider-Man. There you we'll go. See how, oh, we'll see what happens. There you I'm go. stoked for Shatterpoint. I can't wait. So, Max, what's on your shelf of shame? Yeah, well, only about seven games, I think, like I said. But the three that I wanted to talk about today are Argent, The Consortium is number one, which is a level 99 game. It's a worker placement game, but it's like magical and mean. So when people talk about the theme of this, it's basically like, think Harry Potter, think, um, <laughs> I almost said Gandalf, <laughs> think, think Gandalf died. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I can't think of his name right now. What is his name? Who? The, the, Dumbledore? Dumbledore? Yeah, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Thank you. Yeah. So like you, uh, think, think that Dumbledore dies and a new headmaster needs to be replaced. And every character is playing as a headmaster, trying to like show off their skills to get voted as the head headmaster. Um, apparently it's really good. People love it. And it's mean. And I like interactive games, right? I'm not a big worker placement guy. Like I do like worker placement. But like it's not my favorite, and I've yet to find one that's really blown me away, which is kind of what I'm hoping that Argent is. It just seems like it's a ton of interaction, like pushing people off of spaces, taking things from people. It's brutal. It's mean. And I, I like the theme in Argent. I mean, I like anime, and I like the theme, whatever. Uh, I'm really interested. It's it's really just a matter of motivation. I don't know why I haven't learned it yet. I, I really don't. You, There's, this is one I don't have a reason for. Yeah, you've, you've been wanting to play this game for, for like... God, four, five, six months. months? Now. Yeah, like you, you, like everyone. When we're looking at your wall games, you're like, oh, I wish I learned Argent so we could actually. Play I know, it. and you just haven't. I just, uh, I don't have a good reason for this one. I have reasons for everything else. I think but... it, so he hopes like Kenny like goes on YouTube and finds a video or like reads the rules on BGG. So he's like, you know, I've there, learned Argent for you. Maybe that's gonna what's gonna happen because there is a watch it played video. So I'll have Rodney. There's a watch it played, and you guys haven't played it yet. Oh my, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, you should feel bad, Max. Yeah, we should get on that. Yeah, it's uh, not, that, that's honestly like probably my most embarrassing one, just because I really don't have like I don't have I don't have a reason for it at all. At that game all. interests me. I I, I would make right. that happen if I was I, in Kentucky. Yeah, I will learn it. I will learn it 
in the next two weeks, and we will play it at a game night. Okay. You'll sure. play it when I'm down. How about that? Okay. Because I want to play it. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. The next game on my list is Stardew Valley, the board game. Hmm. Um, this has been... Yeah. I, listen, Kyle. This has been on my shelf of shame since I got it, obviously. Some video game, game um, board game. I love Stardew Valley, the video game. I've spent a lot of time, a lot of hours in Stardew Valley video game. Um, the reason that I haven't learned Stardew Valley, the board game, is because I just don't think I'm going to like it. I really don't. It seems I, not good to me. I do not think that I'm going to like this game. And I hope I do. I hope I do. But from what I know about it, and I've heard some good things. I think Jeff and Jamie enjoyed it. I think they've played it. Um, and I think some people in the Discord have said they liked it. But I've also heard that it's just like kind of uh, going through the motions cooperative game that's hard and long. That's what she said. And it's like, I don't think that that's for me. Like, the only reason it's on my shelf still, cause I, I would sell it to Doolin tomorrow because I know he's stoked about Stardew Valley. I would sell it to Doolin tomorrow. A, if he'd answer my texts, and B, <laughs> if Danielle didn't want me to hold on to it. Because, um, like, the thing is, is that, like, I love Danielle, but we don't play board games together anymore. We play board games at game events, like when we go play with the Doolins, we'll play. But we have not played a board game, just the two of us, since January of 2021, I think. It just, like, that's, it's been over two years since we've last played, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe just one year. It could have been January 2022, but it's been a long time since we've sat so down to play a game thing, with just so us two. So get rid of it. I it's know. Not, it's not your guys' thing. But she will not let me get rid of Destinies until we complete episodes four and five, uh, Role Player Adventure until we complete that because we're halfway through that or stardew valley just because she's a big stardew valley fan um i mean i think that the hope is that one day we we do get back to it because i mean to be fair to her we have a five four three or a five three two and newborn so like she's been busy like you know like she she's always tired Sound like excuses feeding, for me. you know like i get it entirely <laughs> this is not a, a shade to her in the slightest but it just hasn't happened we just don't play board games together anymore and my family we used to play board games when there was just one kid when we just had ellie it was quite easy to distract her while the rest of the people played a board game at a table after dinner one night now that there's four children in the mix that doesn't happen like we can't sit down at a table and play a board game because someone has to be watching them, or if we're playing it, they're at the table and hitting the stuff, or not hitting it, they're not bad kids, but messing with you or the stuff at the table, like, it just doesn't happen. So, in the current situation, A, I don't think that game is going to get played, and B, I don't even think I like it. So, Somebody I would sell it tomorrow it. to Doolin if if Danielle would let me, but she won't. Yet. I think you need to talk to Danielle about this. I mean, people like to collect things, right? Not you don't. I can't. Yeah. I know, but I can't. I can't shade her if she's like, I want to keep the Stardew Valley board game because uh, I like I'm Stardew Valley, you. and maybe one day I'll play it. I'm not. That's fine. I can't. I can't. Get I'm with it. you there. Yeah. Keep Stardew Valley because she likes it. I am 100 percent with you. It's why I still have Splendor in my collection because it's my wife's favorite game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, me too. That's why Amber loves Splendor. So it's Stardew Valley, though. Sounds like a literal <laughs> nightmare experience to me. <laughs> I can't think of a worse game. And then uh, the last movie on my list. Speaking game. of Doolin, he's getting a lot of mentions today. 
is actually a game that Doolin gifted me for Christmas 2021. So December of 2021, he gifted me Vast, the Mysterious Manor. Um, and December 2022, he gifted me Adrenaline. Neither are played yet. They're both still on my shelf of shame. That's nothing against Doolin. I just, it's, I just haven't done it. But Vast, like, there's a reason, right? Like, Adrenaline, I could probably learn and we could play a random night. Vast is 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 root but different. It's a competitive, vastly asymmetrical game that I am just scared of. Like I've heard it's great, but I'm nervous to learn it and teach it and I'm scared to try and play it. Like as, as someone who loves root and thinks I would love vast too. It's just it's just scary. There's a lot there, and I've never I didn't have to like learn root myself. I I did to an extent, but I was also taught it. So like, I've done a lot of reading on root. I've done a lot of learning myself, but like I had some supplemental things. So I guess I just need to find some YouTube videos for Vast. Sit down today and and figure that crap out because I think I'd really like this game. I I'm super surprised we have not played this yet, especially since Jash is in town. Like, cause I I think it's Vast best at, at four. Three. Yeah, may not make sense, but Vast Four seems perfect. So, dang it! All right, yeah. I gotta learn this before Josh leaves. Yeah, I think yeah, like, Root is why I'm not interested in Vast. Yeah, really? I, I real I really like Root. Um, I I mean, I've definitely cooled on it after however many plays we've had, hundreds. Like Vast doesn't interest me because like Root was like the answer to Vast in a sense, like. Let's take an asymmet- let's take this wildly asymmetric idea we had and make a better game from it. Because like I think Vast is loved by some, but not many. Mm, I, I don't know. I think it Vast has is never pretty gained well traction. Regarded. No, I don't uh, Leader Games is like pretty popular. Like nobody ever talks about Vast. I mean, Vast has a pretty like it has a pretty dedicated community, much to the way that Root does. Not to the extent. I mean, definitely not to the extent. Like, if you look at, at their BGG, Root has 44,000 rankings, and Vast Mysterious Manor only has 1.2 thousand ratings. But you did say that Root was like an answer to Vast. But to clarify, Crystal Caverns came before Root. Mysterious Manor came after Root. So, like... I would imagine. Yeah, so that maybe they learned some lessons. Right, from that's Root, what I'm saying. But, I would imagine that they've learned some lessons from Root and applied it to Mysterious Manor, and and maybe maybe I agree with you. I mean, I'm sure some people would say Crystal Caverns is the best one, but maybe I'd agree with you that that maybe it was like a run, a trial run for Root. But with Mysterious Manor, I can't, I can't agree with that. I mean, I, I hope that they've made some adjustments and and stuff, but I don't know. I'm stoked to try it. It's just one that scared me for so long, and. I just haven't haven't taken the time to to figure out. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I think I feel like this is in your head. Like this is like one. I I think it's kind of like almost a too many bones situation. Yeah. Where no, you're you're right. You 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 own so much of it, and you're just kind of like in your head about when you're the game because it feels like a lot, but it's really not. Yeah. So no, I mean it's definitely it's, in my head. It's definitely a me thing. It's <laughs> yeah. It's I a my Max, fault, you can do but... this. Hmm. You can do this. Yeah. Well, thank you. you. Can, I appreciate you the vote of confidence. Yeah, so those are the three that I really wanted to to talk about. There's a few more. Oh, one that I'd like to mention just in passing is Alice is Missing. Like, we got to play that one time when when we're all here too. That's a 90-minute game. Let's just put it out and play it. 
That would yeah, that'd be good. I hear it's good like at five, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, those are the yeah, games I, on I... our watch lists. Kyle, what movies have been stuck in limbo on your watch list? Those are the games on our watch list. Those are the games on our shelf of shame. <laughs> what movies are on your limbo watch list? All right, so my current watch list on Letterboxd, which is a great feature on that app, is um is that 38 movies. Um, I will say I think my the movies I want to watch is much higher than 38, but like I haven't gone through and just like added stuff that it's right. usually like in passing like, "Oh, yeah, let me add that on there." Um and most of this list is like we have our table knots list that we uh that we have. I try to add all the movies from there. Um, and then another podcast I listen to, I will add movies that they're about to do an episode on. I add that to there. So like this watch list is kind of a Frankenstein of stuff. It's not exactly just like things like I've been itching to watch. Um, I will also say that a lot of the stuff like that had been on my watch list for a very, very long time. I have already knocked out this year. Um, I'm talking about like whiplash was on my watch list for years. Um, Predator is a movie I'd never seen. I watched this year. Memento, Interstellar, Goodfellas. Like all of those movies were on my watch list for a very, very long time. And I actually did get to them. So I'm patting myself on the back for that. Um, but the first movie I want to talk about that's on my watch list is Aliens. So I saw Alien, uh, years ago. Like it was when I was in my old house. So that had to be four years ago. That might've been during the pandemic when I first watched alien and we were working from home and it's like, I would just throw movies on, um, while I was working and I loved alien. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It's, Super good. Despite, movie. It be, despite it being a little slower, um, despite it being like kind of a, a part of its time. Um, I thought it was incredible. Uh, and then for me, like, when I think something like that, I'm usually like want to work, watch the series like with Evil Dead. Like I will watch those next two movies like very shortly because I'm into it. I don't know why I haven't got into Aliens because like everyone says it's better, despite like most people like like Alien, but people love Aliens. Yeah, I kind of disagree with you too, Kyle. I, yeah, I think that's wrong. I think everyone loves Alien. Alien Aliens really? is divisive. Yeah, I think is it Alien- just Logan. I think Aliens <laughs> is very well regarded, but I think Logan is one of the he's the he's the he's the few the proud the aliens. Oh yeah, absolutely. Alien is like a Stone Cold classic. It is such like a perfect. I, I would say like one of the a perfectly done like horror sci fi movie like on part of the thing. Aliens is fun. It's like a it's kind of a schlocky action sci fi movie with alien with aliens thrown into it, but it is not. I mean, very different movies. To give it some credit, Alien has a four point three on Lady Ladybox Letterbox. Aliens has a four point two. What website is Ladybox? Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a little okay to watch porn at work. There there it is. There he is sneaking it in. Aliens is just a four point two, so it's really only a single point demerit. But I I do think that Alien is widely considered to be the best one. Okay, okay, so I was wrong there. Um, I will say, Aliens is directed by James Cameron, right? Uh, it um, is indeed. I have yet to find a James Cameron movie that I, like, really enjoy. So, um... We'll talk more about James you, Cameron here seen, in a bit. <laughs> have you seen Avatar? <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> and I did not like Terminator. 
and I didn't really, I don't like love Titanic. That might, Titanic might be my favorite James Cameron movie, and it's like a three really? out of five. Oh, um, so Aliens is like one that I was like really hyped with, like partly because of Logan, partly because I loved Alien, and I really did think it was like the more well established. Like the, I thought it was one of those things where when people talked about sequels that are better than the original, like people mentioned Aliens. So I'm sure some people um, feel that way. I am, I am hyped to watch it. Uh, I uh, am a little nervous because. You're right, like, Alien is, like, more of a sci-fi horror, and Aliens is, like, more of an action movie. I don't love 80s action movies, I'm finding out. <laughs> a lot of them I find <laughs> very bad. What about Roadhouse? So, Roadhouse sucks. <laughs> Roadhouse so is good, man. You're such a hater. Roadhouse is good. It's fine. I did just get the Alien like, today, literally. The Alien 4K disc came in today. Oh, nice. I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, next movie on my list is one that will be done this year because it is on our Patreon list. Uh, Citizen Kane. Yeah, baby. Um, the reason Citizen Kane is on my watch list is because I feel like everyone who's a cinephile should see Citizen Kane. Yeah. Same, um, that's how I feel I with might, Schindler's List. Yeah, exact Same. Um, it's the way I feel about like Catan or uh, Monopoly. As Take like, it to ride. Like, you need to play these games you need to see these movies like citizen kane is a movie that is so highly regarded was such a uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for it was it was so influential yeah for when it came out and i don't know if it'll hold up now uh it probably won't but like i feel like i just need to see it uh i cannot wait till we get to it so we can talk about it more um but yeah citizen kane is the next one have you seen it kenny no, this is like I, I I tend to watch a lot of the classics, but since it came is one that I've not gone back and watched. Um, I think I think one of the big reasons why is because I've heard that like it did a lot of unique things back then. You know, over fifty years ago, sixty years ago, but so many movies have done those same things, like taken inspiration from it. That I just don't know if it would hold up anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's just we've seen it so much, but didn't even know where it came from, right? Um, that it may not really impact us unless, again, if you're like a cinephile and want to know like how the bread is made. Um, that it's a movie where like, I think if we watched it when we were in high school and like, we were like, mm-hmm. that's like back in the time when we were like, all the things we were watching were like Anchorman and Superbad. Like if we would have watched like Sprinkled <laughs> in Citizen Kane, we were like, this movie blows. Right. But now I think we have a little bit of more of a critical eye and we can like appreciate for stuff for what it is. Um, so I think it'll still at least hit a little for me. <laughs> Yeah. in the history of it. Um, and the last movie on my watch list that I'm really interested in seeing uh, is Dunkirk, uh, the Christopher yeah, Nolan dude. war movie. Um, I am trying to knock out all... I'm a Christopher Nolan fan. I I'm think not a super I'm fan. becoming a Christopher Nolan super fan, perhaps. You might be a super fan. I might be. I, I think Christopher Mullen, Christopher Mullen. I think Christopher Nolan is a great director. He definitely has a unique way of telling stories and sh- and shooting things, right? But Dunkirk is uh, something that kind of came and it was like very universally praised, and it's it's just kind of wild that it passed me by. Um, it's not an old movie. I think it was like what 2017, 2018. I think you're right um, on that. By a well, very well regarded director, a director I liked at that time, and it just kind of like went, gone and went. So like. Uh, or came and went and I don't know why that happened. I would, so I would love to correct that in a similar vein, like 1917 is another war movie that I've been very interested in and I just keep putting it off. 
Um, I will I say, I just realized started. Dunkirk is only 107 minutes long. So, I mean, that's that's oh, breezy wow. for that's, a war movie. That's, yeah, that's palatable. Heck that's sure. breezy for a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, too, true. Christopher <laughs> Nolan kidding. plus war yeah. equals under two hours? What? Yeah. No I would assume three hours Not on my least, bingo yeah. card. <laughs> uh, and with Oppenheimer coming out, um, I have been trying to knock out the Nolan list. So, like, I, when Oppenheimer comes out and we do see it, I would love to like be able to have a full ranking of all of his movies. I'm just not as excited to see Tenet as I am Dunkirk. See, I'm actually stoked to see Tenet. I don't know why. I think because, because it's a Max movie. I know, that's right? Why. That's what I, <laughs> I think. That's it. I think that's it. I think it's a Max movie, and I'm really looking forward to Tenet. Like, so I mean, I I said I think I'm a Nolan fanboy, but like, I didn't even put him on my top three directors list. Like, I've only seen Interstellar and uh the prestige and i've seen the dark knight a long time ago but like i mean i'm i'm very much looking forward to tenet and memento and inception i guess batman begins and dark knight rises and definitely dunkirk too but dark knight rises or just batman begins uh he was giving a thumbs down for context to the audio listeners here they're my bottom two nolan movies yeah see Um, i've never seen and i don't even think I do not think they're bad people. Do not at me on this. Sure. Uh, if you want to be at me about DC, do not base it on me thumbs downing Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises. They're just like, they're just okay. Sure. Yeah. So I, there's still plenty I haven't seen, but I mean, Prestige and Interstellar are both five stars for me. Dark Knight, I would need to see again because I saw it when it like first came out as a 15 year old or however old it was. Um, but I need to, I need to watch it again and see see where it stands for me but really excited for the other three or the other several rather all right kenny what's on your watch list would you like to hear about my cue of sadness it's called that i like sadness i like that (laughs) triangle sadness Uh, so i so like with my games that there's a common theme of like a group of like movies I have not watched that I would like to watch. And that's a lot of uh, Japanese movies or anime movies. Oh, nice. Um, kind of like the classics I have not watched. Um, I have like Princess Mononoke on here. Same, dude. Uh, Perfect Blue. Um, oh. Grave of the Fireflies. Same. Which I don't know if I want to watch. <laughs> might be your name. I haven't watched your, your name. Your name's yet, so good. Yeah. Um, You're hitting all the right notes, Kenny. Keep talking. Yeah. And there's a couple like it's uh, super classics. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, it's really high. It's like one of the highest rated movies on Letterboxd. Harakiri. Harakiri. Um, yes, Kenny. Yeah. Seven Samurai. Yeah, Seven yes. Samurai. Yes. Um, Akira. Boy on here as well. I don't have Akira. Okay. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just like this block of like Japanese movies. Because I think like, unlike Max, I've watched movies my entire life. Uh, so <laughs> a lot of these classic movies that like, That's fair. I've, I have uh, kind of like watched growing up right um so i don't have as much of like a backlog um and i'm not super interested in watching like you know a lot of these art house films um innately um but like japanese movies even though like i do like anime to a degree are are something like i i do kind of like a big blind spot to so there's like these a bunch of these movies i i think i would like to watch um but i would say the one movie that is probably the biggest blind spot um and it's not it's not like this is in Japanese movie, but is Parasite. I've not watched oh, that yet. Gosh, Kenny. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's Get off this like, podcast right now and go watch Parasite. Go watch it. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. It's, I think, 
this movie my wife has wanted to watch too. So I think this will be into some time inside to actually watch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's, it seems interesting. It's just like, I also don't know a lot about it too. So I think keep that's it that really way. Cool. Oh, awesome. Yes. Keep it that yeah. way. Um, I still kind of like high class, low class, but that's it. But yeah, um, yeah, that's one I think we'll have to watch pretty soon. Yeah, it, I watched it and um, loved it, but no one else, like no, no, none of my family members have watched it. So like, I want to get my parents and Danielle to just sit down and watch it one night because I've Daniel will like it. I think so too. I think so too. It's freaking so good. Is it like? I mean, she likes like Downton Abbey and stuff like that. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, right? they're exactly the same. Honestly, if you know that much <laughs> going in, it's really not even worth watching. It's like it's like uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two is how close it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Perfect. Bong Joon Ho said he got a lot of inspiration from Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I say that because like Downton Abbey is very high class. Yeah. Class upstairs, thing. downstairs. So, yeah. Um. So my next movie is okay. This is might be a shocker, especially for Kyle. Is Logan? I have not watched Logan. Um, Whoa. Yeah, you're um, Kenny. So I, I have a reason. I would have put three thousand dollars on you seeing Logan before. <laughs> yeah. Hey, That's Kyle, you want to bet three thousand dollars that Kenny's seen Logan or not? N- not now. <laughs> Dang. Not now. <laughs> so I've pretty much seen like pretty much all the superhero movies, but I have not watched Logan. The main reason why is that I absolutely despise the comic that the Logan is based off of, um, called Old, Old Man Logan. Um, it's made by a, uh, the writer is Mark Millar. I despise Mark Millar. Um, he made the boys <laughs> as well. Um, he's like his style of like writing is just like so like, especially for superheroes, is just like so like um, deconstructed. Like I think he hates superheroes. Did you say and he wrote he, the boys? Yes. Did, yeah. Do you watch The Boys? I've watched some of it. I couldn't get into it. Oh my uh, god, I love The Boys. Uh, Never I read the comics. I think it's because I hate Mark Millar. Um, <laughs> I can tell. The worst person uh, I know but, did something good. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> he can't even watch The Boys because he just hates him so much. Um, but the comic especially, I really dislike. It was just the way they treated a lot of these, uh, you know, Marvel characters I just I hated um so like I can never get myself to watch it but I know like the movie does something wildly different um so I should give it a shot I think I also haven't watched it because I know it's gonna be sad and uh I don't know so no, like knowing movie it's gonna be sad is a big hump for me to get over um but yeah I, I guarantee know I pick it for my next our next table knots list it's definitely one of my two it. yeah I've also never seen Batman um, 2022 though I really want to see that one that's a good one yeah um but yeah logan i would i should i should watch it pretty soon uh, um that was my second movie and my third movie this is like this is like one of those movies like i i was talking about my wife and she's like she was like generally surprised at what i hadn't seen it yet and that is the shining um oh kenny um, yeah so i i've again okay, i've I try to watch a lot. Make, I've watched a lot of most of the classics like i was kind of going through the IB, imdb like top 150 movies and i'd like I, the first like hundred or so I watched seen most of them, but like the shining was like the glaring, like old class movie I have not seen yet. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, but it's just, it's just never, I think it's one of those things like my wife had seen it. And by the time, like I was old enough to watch this, something like we're mm-hmm. not going to uh, watch again. I mean, right? I just or watched she it once to watch again. So like two mm-hmm. weeks ago. So you did, you I wasn't too far ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like Jack Nicholson too. Like I, I really, especially like his older performances. Mm-hmm. So 
he's yeah. very good. And I've Man, heard so much about it too, but I'm so interested to hear what you think, Kenny, because like I have no pulse on what you would think. I could see you either giving it five stars or giving it one and a half stars. No chance he yeah, gets I mean, one and a half. No chance. It's a guaranteed I, three and a half or better. What I, a I, do love, what? I do love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love two thousand one. Like and for that, like Stanley Kubrick's is kind of in my grace. Like kind of like a clockwork orange. Like it's Oh, that's that true. You a, do like Kubrick. Okay. Uh, clockwork Orange is kind of uh okay to good to me. It's been a little while since I've watched yeah. it, but um yeah, I, I I'm curious to see what I think of The Shining too. Um, I do have Did like a couple other movies. No, I've never read the book. Um, I do have a couple other movies on my list. I have like Out of Sight. Um, a friend of mine let me borrow that. Uh, that I I've heard a lot of good things about. And the, it. to me, like it's always almost like this, like this '90s throwaway movie, but. It's a Steven Soderbergh movie, and I think it's oh. maybe or pretty recently maybe it's come back into good graces. Mm. But um, that's one I'd like to give a go to, especially inside the uh, Blu-ray of it as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll be getting the whenever it goes on sale. I'll be getting the 4K copy of The Shining because I just want it. Um, I'm not gonna buy it at full price, but I'll get it when it's on sale. And then you come down and we can watch it sometime, Kenny, because it's freaking good. I mean, I'm a big Kubrick f- fan myself, um, but it and 2001 both earned five stars. Um, mm-hmm. I think his others are sitting at four. I think I gave Barry Lyndon four, uh, clock recording three and a half or four. I can't remember, but yeah, big fan yeah. of it. The killing was three and a half. I think pretty good movie, but not, not his best. Anything else? Uh, I mean, no, I think so. There's, uh, so I've seen most of the Wes Anderson movies, but one I haven't really seen, like I kind of half saw it was Grand Poodle Best Hotel. I know that's one Kyle loves. Yeah. Um, I think that that's like actually one of the few like Wes Anderson movies I have not seen. So, and I think it's one of his better ones too. Like it's Oscar nominated and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I should, I should go back and watch that. But. I think that's probably his most critically acclaimed movie for sure. Um, yeah. I was just listening to the, uh, the big picture today. Talk about, Wes Anderson, I think they gave Royal Tenenbaums their favorite one, but Budapest Hotel was that doesn't shock me. Yeah, I think um, Royal Tenenbaums is probably the most like just like critically acclaimed, where like critics love it. Whereas like Grand Budapest Hotel kind of has that nice like hybrid of like critics loved it and the audience. Yeah, it it did. It did a million. I mean, a million. It did a single million in the box office. (laughs) (laughs) I think it did really well at the box office. Like, so it clearly it reached that audience level as well, not just art house. I think like the real Tannenbaum's is like kind of like his breakout film. Uh, One of his definitely early films. I think Bottle Rocket was his first one, but like. Royal Tannenbaum's, I think, is a movie like where you really found like his, art, you know, directorial voice mm-hmm. and style. Sure. Um, it was like really apparent in Royal Tannenbaum, so I think that's probably like why back then it was like the critical darling. Well, that makes a perfect transition to uh, talking about Wes Anderson for me because I know that he's very critically acclaimed, and I know that Kyle just loves him, and I've only ever seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like that's the only Wes Anderson film I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, my, my, my watch list is going to differ from these two because you mentioned it already. Can you even watch movies your whole life? So like a lot of them, you've already checked <laughs> off your checkbox. Like I could say the entire Wes Anderson filmography, the entire, uh, I've never seen a Tarantino movie. I don't think except for Pulp Fiction, oh, only Pulp Fiction. Wow. So like, I have so much to catch up on. So Wes Anderson is one. The other is just classic popular films. I could probably go, I should scroll through the IMD top 250 one day and just like list off what I haven't seen because I guarantee it's the vast majority of them I've never seen. So, like, 
Come and See, Apocalypse Now, all the Tarantino movies, Harakiri, all these things that are like super critically acclaimed and loved. Even even if we just strip it down to just like American movies, there's still so many that I've never seen. So like my watch list is currently at like a hundred on Letterboxd, but like it could be a thousand if I added everything that I wanted to see in there. I just don't I don't do that because that's unrealistic. I'm gonna try and trim it down and add it slowly and surely. But that would be up there for sure. Um, I, I did specifically want to mention Akiru, which you kind of talked a little bit about Akira Kurosawa. But Akiru is one that I really want to see. People always talk about it being like just such a good movie about humanity. Um, but I am afraid it'll be sad. And it's like a black and white kind of old film that like I want to connect with, but I'm afraid I won't. And that kind of like gives me pause, right? Like if I don't watch it, I'll never know if it missed for me. But like the moment I Guys, watch Max, it, I'll know if it's good or not. Max is so afraid to give a movie under three stars on Letterboxd. No, I'm it not. not want to watch it. No, He's so nervous I'm about not. it. <laughs> it's my desire to this movie in particular and to other like classic films that I really want to enjoy that I just that just I'm afraid won't maybe hit as hard for one reason or another. This is just one example of many out there. But I mean I just there's so many films that I've never seen. It's ridiculous. There's so many. So I was think I was thinking about like Max's uh predilection for making so many high ratings for movies. And it's just, I think it's because Max is just like catching up on like the past yeah, three years. I mean, like, I've said that and people just ignore me, but like yeah, I'm watching <laughs> yeah. people I'm watching, watching movies that have been recommended for decades. Like Yeah, you're watching like the cream of the crop constantly, right? right? So I mean it's I will like, continue to ignore this fact. <laughs> <laughs> still make jokes yeah i mean tr- truly though like looking back through like my diary on letterbox like y- we even did this in the discord the other day kyle where you were like oh my god you have so many high ratings and then i was like go look at my films and like genuinely tell me what you think deserves a bad rating that i've seen and i think elvis was like <laughs> the only thing that you could come up no. with no, there was that stupid like rom com that I did not like at all in there as well. Rom com that's it. That's in London. Um, oh, Rye Lane. Yeah. Rye Lane's good, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, Emily the Criminal, three star. Right. It's 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 a movie. Yeah, and I like that's what I'm saying. Like you just said, it's a movie. Like it's, I think three stars is overrating Emily the Criminal. I don't though. I think I think three stars is a perfect rating for Emily, Emily the Criminal. It's a six out of ten. It's a it's a it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna watch it again. It's a six out of ten. I enjoyed it. That's that. I think your lowest rated movie is Super Mario Brothers, and I think that's a shame. It's not my lowest rated shame. movie of all time, but it's it's down yeah. there for sure. I think it, I do think it's a little bit wild that Emily the Criminal is rated higher than Super Mario Brothers. I don't at all. Super Mario Brothers has like had as, as well. It's funnier. Okay, I know Emily the Criminal is not a comedy. So I would has, rather rewatch Super Mario Brothers than I would rather rewatch Emily the Criminal. I will say that for fact. Absolutely, I think Emily the Criminal is a better movie that I enjoyed more than than Super Mario Brothers. Mario even though so I still rather watch fun. it. Mario was not that good. It really wasn't. Y'all talk yes, about me well, overrating I, things. Y'all are look. I just rewatched it with my girls. It's a, such a good family movie. It. I guess, man. I didn't grow up on Mario. It's fine. 
it's I dumb. didn't grow up on Emily being a criminal. It's, it doesn't mean like it's, anything. It's not good in many reasons. Oh, it is. Uh, I think the thing is like okay. So I think like this. Oh, I don't know why we're talking about Super Mario, but Super <laughs> Mario. To be I, fair, think is I gave fun. the thing 2011 and Kimmy both two stars, which is below Super Mario Brothers. Okay. You also gave Beer Fest a one. What are you thinking? Beer dude? Fest is crap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so man. bad. What do, you, what do you mean? Beer fest is fine. I don't. Know. Anyway, um, what are we talking about? I don't know. Super Actually, Mario. Take, take this. Take this over. Let's keep. Let's keep going. Uh, don't worry, darling. <laughs> two star. Scream three. Two star. Yes. Dan in real life wow. and Spanglish. Two star. A Spanglish is terrible. Braveheart. Two and a half star. Terrible. Yeah. This is a. This is a there. salty one. 310 to Yuma, two and a half star. Really? Nope, nope. That's a good movie. Right. That's pretty good. I thought it was all right. I'm kind of surprised by that. I will give you, I'll I mean, give you props for that. That's a movie I think is, is good and a solid movie. And you yeah. gave it a lower score. Uh, Indiana Jones, you, Raiders of the Lost Ark, three star. Are you, fo- that's <laughs> are you serious, dude? That's interesting. That's never seen the light of days or airwaves. It, it, you were just now. It might deserve three and a half. It might deserve three and when a half. Did you watch it? We just watched it the other day, wa- just like four or five oh days my ago. God, you three stars, Bro, really? It's outdated. <laughs> it's dated. It big time. It is not. Oh, that is such like a classic movie. Like it is. I I think it still holds up incredibly well. I mean, can you might kill it? Holds up all right. It's good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. That's why it got three it's, stars. Okay. If you you could get Temple of Doom three stars and be like, okay, I I get that, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, that is like you're gonna get so much shit for this max. Am oh my I? God. <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you sure? Wait. Yeah, if, if knowing our, wait, our listener wait, group, Kyle, you, you, are, you gave the, it a three and a half. <laughs> are, what a movie! <laughs> what a what a betrayal! I can't. Kyle, I got I gotta get out of this podcast. All right, Kyle. Let's let's hear from you. <laughs> I was in a different time of my life, Kitty. <laughs> oh my God. That's so perfect. <laughs> Listen, I'm still excited to watch I know, I'd all be the getting receded. <laughs> <under>. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you do you stand by a three and a half star? I I have to rewatch it. I I did not grow up on Indiana Jones, um, so I first watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, similar to Max. It was not like this year, but it was probably a, a few years ago, and I I liked it, but it didn't like set my world on fire like Whiplash did. All right, man, I can't believe this. I, I have professed on this podcast. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark might be my favorite movie, and you give it three and a half stars. Yeah, uh, but I didn't give it three, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a movie. <laughs> Let's think about Max <sighs> insulted your intelligence. Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought I think it was a good movie. Um speaking of, 
we got to next episode. We need to do a games and movies we disagree on because that would just be so much fun in my opinion. But like, and we can talk more about Rage of the Lost Ark then. I thought it was good. I just didn't like love it. Like I thought some of the acting was good. I thought that uh, like obviously Harrison Ford did well. Karen Allen, who played Marion, I thought she was good. I I thought she was really good, actually. Um, John Reese Davis or Davies is solid. Did well. I mean, it was like a solid, solid movie. uh, But there were just I cannot like what is okay. This is trying different podcast, but what is outdated to you in the movie? I mean, I don't know that I can like point you at entirely specific things, but like. Obviously, some of the action has not held up like super well. It's good, it's good, but it's not held up super well. I wish you could I know. see Kenny's face. I love watching Kenny, Kenny's let face. Me, let me break it down for you. <laughs> let me break this down for you. Why Max gave it a three stars? Oh my All god, right. and you know these well, you know this well. It is not subtitled. <laughs> Get out, <laughs> it is, it is short, it's almost two it hours. Is- it is not a cartoon. Yeah, stop. Yeah. It's not a foreign film. Stop. Not a foreign film. Really, it's because there was no nudity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, it's. Uh. It, I thought that it was it was good, but not great. Like it, I thought that it. I don't know. I'm having a hard time you, defending you myself. Have- because I didn't really you think, yourself. Let me let me clarify, Kenny's that I did not defend the. Uh, I did not present a dissertation for this. I did not think that I was going to have to defend myself. <laughs> I didn't write down notes. I watched the movie and I was like, "Yeah, that was that was the." You I know said, what? "That's as good as Emily the Criminal." You know, this, like, this yeah. classic is, what? It's on par with this Netflix Aubrey Plaza vehicle. What horseshit? So I oh, said man. it's certainly dated in many ways, but it still works. Was my review on Letterboxd. I think you, that it's you are still a good ways. My God, <laughs> listen, it's good. I had a good time you, with you, it. You have never been more Gen Z to me than you are right now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Listen, you know what? You've convinced me. I'm changing it to a three and a half. <laughs> What a movie. <laughs> How dare you? Don't put yourself on par with me, young nope, man. No, nope. You're right. It is better than Emily the Criminal. You're right. You're right. It is uh, better than Emily the Criminal. Maybe Emily the Criminal deserves two and a half. I don't know. It's it's a decent movie, though. But yes, Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> is better. My goal for the rest of the year is to harass Max so much about Emily the Criminal <laughs> that he moves it down to a two I'm star. I'm going to give it a five star. I'm going to give it a five star. I don't, I don't even care. Oh, uh, my God. Where, where did we start? Where, where did, where did this? <laughs> we have taken a path. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we were just going through my lowest rated movies. Yeah, because that was a spicy one. Because you were saying that <sighs> I only rate things like according to how they should be like i don't i don't rate anything weird but look man i put that at three star top gun three star all quiet on the western front three star oceans 11 three star i'm wondering if like you just don't like 80s action movies right well like, that's where maybe i'm at too bro, but like i'm not what do you mean i gave i gave uh what's its name what roadhouse a four i think that was well, that is fucking, that Ugh. No, it wasn't. Roadhouse is four. Roadhouse is fun. I liked it. And you gave Rage the Lost Ark. I don't even see where Roadhouse is on this list. It might be three and a half. I'm not sure. I can't find it right this moment. A few good men. Three and a half. Remember the Titans. Three and a half. Knives Out. Are you pro racism? Four star. 
Oh my god, that movie is the most basic take on racism ever. It is like it is only slightly. Well, it's it's actually quite a lot better than this movie. So don't never mind. It is a lot better this movie, but it's like uh, it's like The Blind Side. What a bad movie! Like, come on, man. Like, it's so. I love Remember the Titans. I Remember the Titans gives me chills every time I watch it. Listen, I have Elvis at four stars. That is not a conventional rating for Elvis. I liked it. I th- so I think the topic of this podcast was Max's shelf of shame, but now we're just harassing Max I, on his truly, uh, ratings. Truly, that's just how well, it is. You've, you've done you've done some really bad ratings, but anyway, what what's on your uh, shelf of shame? What's my worst there, five star rating? I want to know before I move on. What's my worst I, five star? I, like, I try to I try to transition you out of I this, Max. And you, you do not take you do not take the would rope. it be her? Um, your worst, perhaps your worst five star. It's great. Hot fuzz, you would Hold say on. hot fuzz. You probably no, say spirit like, away. I understand why oh, spirited away, stars. perhaps. I think gladiators. You okay? You gladiator four and a half. Yeah, gladiators I'd really like good. Four and a half. Twelve Angry Men. Four and a half. Great movie. Empire Strikes Back. Four and a half. Alien. Four and a half. That those cu- couple of those need to be in consideration for fives. I could give I could give Empire Strikes Back, Alien, and Twelve Angry Men a five star and have no problem with it. I could do it today. Maybe I will. Whiplash 2. Pulp Fiction 2. Okay, well, let's move on. Y'all are just reading my letterbox at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the other movies that's on my shelf of shame, which is the top topic of this podcast, um, is actually was, was mentioned earlier. It's James Cameron's Avatar and Avatar The Way of Water, um, which I've never seen. I've actually never seen a James Cameron movie at all, I don't think, ever. I've never seen Titanic. Uh, I, I, there's a whole... There's a whole list of James Cameron movies out there that I've never seen. But regardless, you, huh? You've not seen Avatar? No, I've never seen Avatar. No. Oh, wow. But like Table Knots as a collective apparently hates Avatar. Like that's <laughs> yep. just that's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. I've never seen a James Cameron movie. Never seen Elite Battle Angel. Think- never seen Terminator 2. Never seen Terminator whatever. Titanic, Avatar, any of them. I think Avatar is fine. I expect to really like it. (laughs) I I think that I'm going to like it quite a lot. Yeah, we need to, if we're going to do that movies we disagree on. I need to have watched Avatar first. We need to watch Avatar first. Yeah, for sure. So when it's a four and a half, me and Doolin can just rail on you. Oh, that's it. (laughs) Doolin won't be here. Oh, yeah. Is he busy? Yeah, he's busy that day. Yeah, I think that I'm gonna like Avatar. Um, it's mostly I just haven't watched it because it's long and like I kind of I'm not a yeah, I'm not yet movies. a snob, but like I kind of want like the physical copies so I can watch them in like the way it's meant to be watched. But um, I probably won't before I even find out if I like them or not. I'm trying to not blind buy movies at that level. I don't think, but uh, I do think I'm gonna like it. But it's kind of like part of the fun is in the mystery, right? Like. <laughs> It's fun to be like, I have not seen the movie that you all hate, but the world loves. Where am I going to fall? Like, it's kind of it's kind of fun to leave that in limbo. Uh, but I'll definitely watch it before we do our movies and games we disagree on list. But uh, yeah, that's Avatar. So really, my watch list that I need to watch is what, like 600 movies long? 
Yeah, I feel like your 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 shelf of shame here is just cinema history. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's just cinema history. You're yeah. absolutely right. That's not even a, a dig. But prop, props to you, Max. You have really stepped into the watching movies. Yeah, I will say, yeah. You, you have a lot of classics you need to rewatch, or to not rewatch. You need you have a lot of classics you need to watch, and you keep steering to these 2019 foreign <laughs> films that nobody's heard of. Yeah. And I'm like, Max, Max, you haven't seen. <laughs> Um, the last, Titanic. the last movie I watched, maybe watch Titanic. The last movie I watched was Amadeus, and I gave it a four and a half star. Freaking an excellent movie. Yeah, I, I feel like Max is trying to speed run, be a, becoming a, a movie snob, right? Am I yeah. like an art house movie snob? Yeah. You got to get through like watching four. You got to watch the crap. You got to watch some Adam Sandler movies, okay. man. That's true, though. <laughs> That's true. The the comedies, which I'm Arnold actually excited. I'm going to go see No Hard Feelings tomorrow, which is like a modern take on a classic raunchy comedy, right? So, like, that'll yeah, be a little I bit I think new. it looks great. But listen, since, since June 5th, I've watched The Shining, A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, Tempopo, 1985, Emily the Criminal, Jurassic Park, The World's End, Interstellar, Kiki's Delivery Service, The Killing from 1956, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Baby Driver, Your Name, Greatest Showman, and Amadeus. Out of all of those films, the only ones that are made past the 2000s are f- f- six of them. Six of those films were made past 2000. So don't act like I'm okay, watching was- only modern stuff. That was June. What does May look like? Uh, May? Let's go. We should just no, do a whole do Let's talk keep, keep. through the podcast. Uh, this has become like a, a max centric <laughs> podcast, and I don't like it anymore. Listen, I still have, no, this listen, I still had some old ones. We did. Uh, we did 2001: A Space Odyssey in May. We did Roadhouse. Children of I Men, this question. The Fountain, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Star Wars Episode One, 2006. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying like old, like, but it's still 15 years old. I, my point was that it's my point was not that you just watch modern movies; it's that you watch these obscure movies. Well, you literally really said like 2019 classics. when you. When you well, said. that was just an example. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jeez. watching classics is something that I still have to do. You're absolutely right; they're daunting. Really, they are. Like, because here's the thing. Although I need to watch these classics, and I I 100% agree, I do need to watch these classics, I can tell myself that I'm much more interested in something like The Handmaiden or something like The Fountain than I am in Reservoir Dogs, right? Like, I do want to watch these films. What? Reservoir Dogs is so Listen, good. Oh my god! I don't stop, 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 so stop it right here. I don't even know what Reservoir Dogs is about. I just picked an old <laughs> classical movie, like classic, Dude. considered classic movie okay. that people would think of. Let me rephrase that. I I know my tastes to know that these interest me more. That although I need to watch Terminator and I need to watch Come and See, I watch Terminator. and I need to watch any. Uh, uh, not Scorsese, the other one that we talked about earlier, like Hateful Eight or his older stuff. Like, Tarantino. I just don't know that I'm gonna love it, and so I know I need to get to it. But at this time, I, I'm, I'm not so sure. Max, I think you would adore Quentin Tarantino movies. Like, you should absolutely watch Reservoir Dogs. Like, Reservoir Dogs seems like a movie that would be absolutely. Up I know your alley. nothing about Reservoir like, Dogs other than its name. It is it is a movie of people t- talking. I didn't even know that was directed by Tarantino. Oh my god! Yeah. Ugh, well, Max. watch Bastards too. That is on our watch list. Yeah, and, 
I, I think Glorious Bastards is his best movie. But, really? I, um, I agree. Is, is it on our Table Nuts watch list this month? It, it, it and Hateful Eight, both? Yep. Yeah. And y'all talk about me Hateful picking Eight, the movies. He picked a three-hour long film. Doolin. Uh, but a good one. But a good one. Well, yeah, so was The Handmaiden. <laughs> What's better, yeah, The Handmaiden or Hateful Eight? A handmaid. Nice, handmaid. my man. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Well, this was an episode. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Next episode, we should just we should not do a topic. We just you each of us come with like a notebook that's not in a Google Docs with like a few <laughs> things we want to just talk about, and we'll just have just like an open reaction. forum <laughs> fireside chat of random crap that we want to talk about. <laughs> I think I think the topic should be we should have a topic and it should be things Max is wrong about. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, that sounds fun. I'm in. I would love to do that. And also do we one for all, all of us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, then we could do one for all of us. That'd be fun. We we do our I, best I, brainstorming s- at twelve twenty six in the morning. Truly. Man, I can't believe you gave Raiders of the Lost Ark a three. I'm, it's a three um, and a half now, Kenny. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking at new from Friends and Billy uh from the second star to left gave it a five. A lot of people gave it a five. You act like that's some brave yeah. thing. So brave. When I gave it a three, <laughs> Kyle should have said, "Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave?" Because that's no. I was Team Kenny until you receded me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle, you, you gotta you gotta give it a shot. You, you, have, you have a shot of redemption here, but Max, you, you've you've lost it. Yeah, it is tough though, because like I do totally agree with you that it is better than Emily the Criminal, like no doubt. But I don't think Emily the Criminal is a bad movie. But I, it's hard when you're rating stuff, right? To like think of it in comparisons, like because you can give a movie, uh, you can give like a movie like Raiders Lost Heart. You're like that was a three out of five movie, and then you look at your other three stars, you're like, oh right. boy, and that's kind of exactly <laughs> what I did. Like I when I was scrolling through my letterbox just a minute ago, I have a, I have a lot of films in that three range in particular that shouldn't be together. It's like I stand by them at the time, but when I'm comparing them, like I can compare something like. Uh, Tar, well, that's a bad example. Let's compare something like uh, Emily the Criminal, for example, with something like Braveheart, who's even lower, or 310 to Yuma, who's even lower. Like Braveheart, I stand by. I don't like that movie. But 310 to Yuma, I think, is better than Emily the Criminal, yet I currently have it ranked two and a half to Emily the Criminal's three. It's like when I rate movies at the time, I'm like, yeah, I stand by that. And then you go back and look, and you're like, hmm, that's dodgy. (laughs) It's like, that shouldn't, that doesn't belong where it is. But I don't know. It's hard, man. Things are like all quiet on the Western Front and the Fablemans. They should probably be at least three and a half. I don't know. I'm just trying to. No, I think three is fair for the Fablemans, but I don't remember what I rated it. I, th- I don't know either, but I'd also like to rewatch the Fablemans just because it's. I-, I-, I watched it before I was like more into movies. And so now I'm getting more into movies. Now I'm kind of kind of curious. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. We're going to have a great episode next time when we just dive into whatever we decide to dive into. If you enjoy the episode, make sure you join us on Discord. You can chat about all the games and movies we've been playing and watching. We'd be happy to discuss anything and everything with you there in the board game box office or movies and TV channels. If you want to catch the Patreon uh, specific A to Z alphabet list where we've already talked about 2001 A Space Odyssey and we will be talking about Amadeus. Make sure you support us over at https colon forward slash forward slash patreon.com slash table knots. I don't know why I did the secure thing there. That was, that was weird. But uh, yeah, come join us there. <laughs> and if you want to yell at me for my rating of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, join us on Discord. So I'll see you in Discord in a few minutes, Kenny. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get, get out, out of here. here. 
Ah, I got it there. <laughs> <laughs>